Welcome to episode 565 of the PlayStation Nation podcast. We have almost made it a month, just the three of us. I'm out. <laughs> Contract's up. I'm done. That's that's all you need. In four weeks, I'm out. <sighs> that that voice you hear is uh, Mr. Josh Langford. That's me. Pointing the thumbs at himself again, probably. Yep. <laughs> And we are also joined by Michael Swick. I still don't have a catchphrase, and it's a month in. <laughs> Give it time. And it only took me like nine years. <laughs> <laughs> and my name is Dave Hunt, and we are your hosts for the PlayStation Nation podcast. It's March, guys. Oh, it is March. Oh, my gosh. The year's almost <laughs> over. Christmas decorations go up next week. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that's a nice, some nice weather first couple days of the week, and then just got pummeled with snow again. So, I think you're probably getting some of that snow soon, Josh, or you already got it. No, we're supposed to get it in a couple of days, and I'm supposed to go down to Philly uh, this weekend to see a hockey game with my dad. So uh-huh. that should be fun. <laughs> I just hope it's like cleared up and cleaned up enough that it's not a big deal. Should be, but yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, let's get into some of the housekeeping. So you found the podcast, whether you're listening to it um, directly from clicking on the website through psnation.com or you're using one of the apps. We appreciate you taking the time to find and download the podcast and listen to it. You can also stream the podcast on Stitcher. Um, you can sign up for the direct RSS feeds. It will send you a nice little email whenever we post the show. Um, and also, please leave us reviews if you're uh, using Apple um, Podcasts or um, you know Podcast Addict or Stitcher, anywhere that you can leave a review. Please leave us a review. It moves us up on the list so more people see us. And if you feel like sharing the podcast with anybody, we would appreciate that as well. Um, while you're listening, if, you, if, if we say something that sparks a question in your mind, go ahead and go to the website, psnation.com. Find the Contact Us button. Click on it. You can send an email to podcast at psnation.com. Or you can use the hashtag on social media of AskPSNation. Tons of you have done that, and we really appreciate it. We actually, I think we have more questions this week than we had time to fit in the agenda. So we'll have some more for next week. So that's a great thing. Thank you. Um, you can also still use Skype. It's still under Glenn's Skype for right now. It's WDT-Torgo. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail there. And uh, there is also uh, our forums, uh, psnation.com slash forum forums and the facebook page so go ahead and please give us a like on facebook if you haven't already we're trying to do a little bit more on facebook now um just with you know the hashtags and posting things and interaction some people only use twitter some people only use facebook some people use both some of you uh i don't know maybe we'll make mjc be the snapchat guy or something i don't know i don't know i i don't know how to work snapchat was like the first (laughs) time that i felt i was old someone tried to explain it to me and i was just like oh shit I'm old, finally. <laughs> wow. Um, you can reach us all directly on t- uh, through Twitter is the easiest way. So the main account is at PS Nation. Josh's handle is at PJF Josh. Michael's is at the first MJC. And mine is at the Destiny Dave. Uh, you can support us by using our affiliate links. There are multiple stores that if you shop online at all, the Best Buy, Amazon, any of those stores, uh, cl- Click on the affiliate link page. Look for one of the stores that you might use. Bookmark that page for us. doesn't change anything that you see on the website. If you make a purchase through one of those affiliated websites, we get a small uh, kickback from that website for sending you there. So anything that you do on there, we'd appreciate it. We also have our um, PlayStation Nation merchandise on Zazzle.com slash PS Nation. 
our video services, uh, twitch.tv slash psnation, where we are an affiliated Twitch um, channel. So if you have Amazon Prime and you link Amazon Prime to your Twitch, you'll have what is called Twitch Prime. Twitch Prime members get a free sub once a month. Um, that you can use on anybody you you choose that you that streams on Twitch. If you feel the need to use that on us, we would appreciate it. And like I said, it is free. It is something that you have to auto renew. So um, we had a pretty decent month of February, and then the, now at the beginning of March, I've seen the number go down a little bit. So please take a couple minutes, look and see if your sub auto renewed. And if it didn't, uh, just go ahead and renew it if you would be so kind. We'd appreciate it. You can also look for us on YouTube.com/psnation. And there are a like four or five Far Cry Five videos that got posted this week, and some uh, there's a there's a video from Glenn playing Gravel, the new uh, uh, racing game that just came out last week. So there's a uh, some nice stuff on YouTube there for you guys to to take a look at. We'd appreciate it. Well, it looks like we got a pretty beefy new release list going on this week, Josh. Huh? Yeah, it's not too bad. So for the PS4, we have the Devil May Cry HD Collection. For twenty nine ninety nine, this is rated M. Uh, it's from Capcom. This was already done on the PS three. <laughs> it's the HD or uh, yeah, collection. exactly. It's HD or <laughs> um, Step May Cry one, two, and three, basically all HDified. So now it's on the PS four. Awesome! If you're a Devil May Cry fan, hooray! Uh, then we have a game called Armello PlayStation 4 Special Edition for $29.99. This is E10+. Plus. It's uh, published by Sedesco and the developer. This is their first game. It's uh, a developer called League of Geeks. And this started out as an iPad game a couple of years ago. And it's built to recreate a role-playing tabletop strategy game uh, with kind of a fantasy slant to it. So if that's your type of thing, you might want to check this one out. Uh, then we have cool. a game called Beast Quest for $39.99. This is E10 Plus as well. This is from Maximum Games. It is a fantasy-based action-adventure game. Uh, and I believe this is based on... There's a book series, Beast Quest, and I believe it's based on that. Uh, it's dragons, magic, treasure, stuff like that fantasy again um then this one's really interesting the 25th ward the silver case standard edition for 29.99 this is rated m it's from published by nis america it's from grasshopper manufacturer uh you'll know that's suda 51 um who made some really wacky weird games um this is a visual novel style game it's a sequel to The Silver Case, which was re-released on the PS4 recently. Uh, the Silver Case was a 1991 or 1999 PS1 game, uh, which was actually the very first game from Grasshopper Manufacturer, and it, they did a complete remake uh, for the PS4. Um, that was last year, and this one. Uh, the 25th Ward was originally supposed to be released for the PS2, um, but it instead ended up on mobile platforms and has been banging around there for years. And they decided, I guess, Silvercase did well enough on the PS4 last year that they decided to remake this one for the PS4 as well. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Suda51 or those games, I mean, that's like a history thing right there. 
then we have the Raven Remastered for twenty nine ninety nine. That is rated T. It's from THQ Nordic. This is a point-and-click adventure game that was originally on Xbox 360 and PS3. Because when I saw that, I was like, I think I have that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure I do. Uh, this is filled with puzzles and detective work. It's that kind of a... Is it, is it rated T or M, Josh? Because you wrote M on the agenda. I, I did? Oh, yeah, it's T. Sorry. Okay. Just wanted to make sure before we send somebody to buy an M-rated game. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, it's it's everything I have on my notes is T. I mess I messed okay. up uh transferring that over. Uh then we have Pure Farming 2018. I don't have a rating on that yet. Um It's a farm game. It's got to be E. Probably. Uh, it's, it's rated M for slaughtering animals and stuff. Well, with this one, you, it might be. Uh, this is thirty nine ninety nine. It's from Techland, but the the big deal with this one is it covers four continents. Um, all the other ones, it's like okay, this is like the American farm, and this is like the Northern Europe farm, and this is well, now it's everything: uh, Europe, Asia, North and South America, and all the machinery in the game is real, and it's all region specific. So. You know, obviously, based on where your farm is, you're going to have very different types of machinery to to work the land. Uh, there's three game modes, and each is designed with a different play style in mind. So it sounds like they they really went crazy all out on this one. Um, we might have this for review as well. Yeah, I think Chaz is actually getting it. So. Yep, and. Then we have Burnout Paradise Remastered for $39.99. It's E10+. That comes March 16th, so later in the week. From Electronic Arts, we know what Burnout Paradise is. It's freaking awesome. Go buy it. Uh, Then we have a Vita game. No, we don't. Do we? A physical (laughs) Vita game is coming next week. It's Hakuoki. Wait, they make cartridges for Vita? They do. Hakuoki Edo Blossoms for $39.99. Uh, I believe this is M. I have to double check on that. That's what you have in the notes. Yeah. Too. Okay. Uh, this one's from Idea Factory. Oh, we don't know if we can really trust that anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> this is it's it's like a dating sim almost. Not really, but um, that's what these Hakuoki uh, games are. They're it's set in feudal Japan. You play as a girl who's caught up in the sweeping social changes happening happening across the country. And you get to pick from 12 different guys and play out a dramatic romance with branching storylines and up to 30 different endings. So there's a ton of replayability in this thing. Uh, so go back and date all the different guys and see, you know, <laughs> and do your thing and see uh, see all the different endings you can get. So, and that's it uh, for new releases. Awesome. Um, so, just before we get into news, just as a quick uh, PSA for everyone, uh, the monthly episode of SideQuest, episode 20, is up. Um, and it looks like it's pretty heavily themed around the the world of Monster Hunter. So, Wyatt and Andy go down their anime of the month and you know a couple other things that are in there. And then go ahead and ha- send them some feedback. If you guys haven't noticed, obviously, that episode shows up in your podcast feed um and i think we both actually posted on the same day just because of what was going on last week so you guys got a double post last week so hopefully you guys have some uh, some stuff to listen to so mm-hmm. all right jumping into news um uh, michael you want to take the first one uh sure uh this is 
going to be something that should excite Dave and Josh. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, me, not so much, but uh, Detroit Become Human finally has a release date, and it's May 25th. Which yes. means it's going to be out before E3, so that means Josh should be able to play it. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> he might be able to see one ending. Well, that's the thing. If I'm the one reviewing it, then yes, it will get played before E3. If I'm yeah. not the one reviewing it, who knows He's when not gonna I'm going to play it until like September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the, the, I put in uh, the new story, which is on the site. Um, this game was announced in 2015, so this is like three years of the hype machine finally coming to a conclusion. Because the game's been worked on, like, when was the, the Kara tech demo? That was like, what, oh 20 years? After PS4 reveal? No, that was before that. It was a PS3 tech demo that was like what they 20... had that old man wizard or something like that, that... At the ps4 revealed didn't they yeah uh but the uh it was a kara she yeah, kara or kara yeah or she that tech demo was basically what became detroit and that yeah. was in like 2013 maybe that was an old one yeah it was let me see if i can find it well, 2012. I mean, they've been working on this. Yeah, they've been working on March. on this since Beyond Two Souls, right? Yeah. So this was March 2012 that the that that tech demo went up. Yeah, and that became Detroit pretty much, and it's a really long time to to, to work on a game, and it's finally coming out May 25th. And Josh, that means you won't be able to see it at E3 this year, Josh. Nah. <laughs> It's all right. I've seen it uh, enough times up to up to this point. Um, yeah, I'm very excited because everything I've seen and all the stuff I saw behind closed doors where they were messing around with things and whew, there's a lot going on in here. And I hope it, I hope it lives up to kind of what I'm expecting. I I get the feeling just based on the way they've been talking that. You know, they've talked about choice and they've talked about um, branching narratives and things like that and how things can change. And we've heard that before. And it's always it's always like, oh, well, there's like three or four choices and they don't really seem to make much of a difference. And you'll see a different ending or whatever. This sounds different than that. This sounds and it's partly why they've been working on it so long. It sounds like it is insane. The number of different ways you can go with this mm-hmm. and and how it really affects the rest of the game and everything so i just hope it actually i would does love live up to i would that. love love for you and i to like play the game and to finish it like within you know two weeks or whatever and then have it and it sound like when we're talking to each other sound like we both played two completely different games yeah that's what i would love yeah but a lot of stories and com- like you said a lot of games that have said oh well you everything matters and it's sp- it spreads out in the middle but then it still bottles next back to the end again yeah you know yeah you're always going to get like that same one or two different endings or or you know five or six different endings but generally the story is all kind of going in the same way um mm-hmm. but this uh, the way they've been talking about it this might not be like that i i really right. hope it isn't um i hope it it just it goes crazy and then you can really make major impact to the game and change it dramatically from person to person yeah because they've shown so many different characters and everything (coughs) like that and how the storylines are going to go and i'm like okay i still like at the at the cause of it like i'm still struggling with like what is the game about other than my choices matter and the way that i approach things like you know obviously we know there's you know as we've learned more there's robot you know 
kind of like a an similar to like that. Like, yeah, the movie like iRobot or whatever. You know. Yeah, but I mean, if you, it, I'd have to go back and look at what I wrote, but last E three, I think it was the write up I did for it, because um, I sat with uh, Guillaume. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Um, but we had talked about all that, all that different stuff. And, you know, basically it, cause they still, obviously they didn't, didn't want to give a lot away. Um, mm-hmm. but he was, he was digging into that rebellion and that uprising and, and kind of what was going on there. Um, I just don't know how much I wrote about it, uh, at this point. Right. So there's plenty of you know there's plenty of Detroit content out there. If you guys don't know much about the game, you can just Google it and or hit our website. We've covered it extensively over the last couple of years. In yeah. the uh, the post for the news or for the release date, I actually linked Josh's last two E3 impressions for Detroit. Yay! Nice. So and that link for that news story is going to be in the show notes. So yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, they're sticking to this 2018 so far. Everything that they've said so far, this 2018 is coming out in 2018. Well, Sony's been good about that recently. I mean, it was always a joke for so long, but they they've actually been pretty good about they uh, they said they learned. You know, they they learned mm-hmm. with introducing things way too early, Last Guardian, um, and they've learned from setting dates before they actually really have a date you know, or setting even windows before they even have some kind of, so they've been very careful about, you know, release dates recently and they've been, yeah. I mean, people get, people get annoyed when they say like in, I'm just using broad examples, December, 2015, that uncharted is going to come out in June, June, 2016. And then they had, or I'm sorry, April. And then they delay it two times because of production or whatever. Yeah. So now they're just, you know, we're getting a release date for a game that we know is coming and we're only getting it about 60 to 90 days out. I think God of war was maybe 60 days out. And now we're about 90 days out from when this news broke for Detroit. So that does one of two things though. It means that they're confident enough to that they can say that date for production and everything else like that but it also builds very quick hype because it's like oh man we've been talking about this game for a while and now it comes out and it comes out like in two months yeah so like that's all good things so oh i was just i was skimming through uh my last post about detroit yeah uh the motion capture sessions for all 250 actors involved (laughs) it took about a year and a half in total uh and then within that, they had 75 days in full performance capture with up to eight actors on stage at once. Uh, yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of work that went into this. <laughs> that's cool. Right. So, again, that's Detroit, uh, May 25th. Detroit Become Human coming out May 25th. So um, on the heels of my um, Far Cry 5 coverage, um, something that came out today um, or, you know, like on March 5th, the day you're listening or the whenever you're listening to the podcast. So Ubisoft announces a Far Cry 5 short film called Inside Eden's Gate. This is a 30 minute film. um, So like a show pretty much that's on Amazon, um, Amazon video services. And it is it sets up the it just if you're really into like Far Cry has done a really great job over the last couple of iterations of their game of like fleshing out their villain. Like they're like the, it's almost like the villain is the main character of the game and that who you're fighting with was it was Far Cry three, you know, Far Cry four or any of those stuff. And this is 
kind of like the gist of it is there's vloggers that are going to Hope County, which is where Far Cry 5 takes place, and they are going there based on an email that they got sent that there was issues with, you know, with a cult uprising and stuff like that. And so it kind of builds some lore into the game and also it gets you introduced to the main villain, which is uh, Joseph Sneed, who is the father of and the leader of the Eden's Gates cult. So it's a it's nothing you know it's 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 decent if you're if you want to know more about the game and kind of how what they're trying to accomplish and things like that with the cult in Montana and things like that it's great but it's nothing that's going to like it's not like going to blow your socks off when you watch this like that was the greatest thing i ever watched or anything like that. i watched it today so um so that's there and the news post is on the site and the the film is available on amazon uh right now so MJC, I know you put this one in there. I don't think we have something on the site about this, but do you want to go over this? Yeah, so uh, in case anyone uh, outside of the U.S. isn't aware, there's currently uh, some intrigue from the government about how loot boxes work. A kerfuffle of sorts. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a senator from New Hampshire, uh, Maggie Hassan, who has said she's going to look into investigating loot boxes and how uh, video games are marketed towards children. So the ESRB and the ESA released a statement finally, because they've been really quiet about it, because the whole reason the ESA and ESRB exist is from the early 90s video game trials, or Senate hearings with uh, Mortal Kombat and violence in video games. <laughs> so they, they are basically the legal team of all the major publishers in the U.S., so they've been really quiet because they've been trying to figure out a way to satisfy uh, the Senate, Congress, because they do not want government regulation in video games, because that will be very dangerous to their business, and it might not be great for the video game industry overall. Yeah. So, they released a statement last week on February 27th, and the statement is as follows. You may have noticed that we've been a little quiet on the topic of in-game purchases and loot boxes, but we've been listening. In fact, we've absorbed every tweet, email, Facebook post, and seeding telegram sent our way. I don't like the way they did this statement. And we've been working <laughs> to develop a sensible approach to let gamers and parents know when a game offers the options to purchase additional content. Starting soon, ESRB will begin assigning a brand new label to physical games in-game purchases. This label, or as we call it interactive element will appear on boxes and wherever those games can be downloaded uh and uh will appear on boxes and downloadable for all games that offer the ability to purchase digital goods or premiums with real game currency including features so every new game that exists yes <laughs> and so <laughs> sorry this includes features like bonus levels skins surprise items such as item packs loot boxes and mystery rewards music, virtual coins, and other forms of in-game currency, subscription, season passes, upgrades, and more. I'm going to stop the statement there, just because uh, your guys' thoughts, this is just going to be on every video game, right? But all it's going to say is in-game purchases. Yeah. That's it. I thought that most of the games already said something like that. But they... They, they do on like Google Play and Apple stores, and I believe... Uh, like digital stores say that, but there's never been something uh-huh. on of, of the box. Yeah, this is the absolute minimum they could have and should have done for this. Because just saying in-game purchases doesn't mean dick. 
I'm sorry, <laughs> but it doesn't. It, yeah, it, d- does it mean loot boxes? Does it mean you can buy skins? Does it mean you can buy a season pass? Does it mean you can buy? There's going to be a new story mission in six months. Yeah, like, <laughs> in-game purchases tells you nothing, and in-game purchases yeah. can cover probably seventy percent of the games that are released today. You know, and, and that means uh, this. This is the weird thing: is that means if you are releasing a game and you don't have DLC plans. When mm, you yeah. you know make the box and you're just like you know what we're gonna add something. Well, let's, let's okay. Let's that? look at her. Yeah, let's look at Horizon maybe as an example. Do we think that Frozen Wildlands was always part of the plan? It probably was, but it wasn't anything that they were even gonna announce for, and right. they didn't announce so for a while. What happens with them with yeah. that game? Well, you know, they would have to go back and go through the ratings process again. That's more money for the ESRB because you have to pay every mm-hmm. time you put it through that. And then you'd have to put out new boxes with uh, downloadable content on there. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, the first thing that comes to mind when Michael was reading this was, like, in my mind, like, okay, loot boxes, a.k.a., like, the first thing that always jumps in my head is lottery tickets. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, and I'm like, well, like, they don't have, like, labels on lottery tickets, but then I'm like, wait, you can't buy a lottery ticket unless you're over the age of 18. Unless there's a vending machine for lottery tickets, then you (laughs) totally can, which I used to do. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know that those existed. I don't really mess with the lottery anyways. around here. Yeah. So, but I mean, in my mind, like, if they're really wanting to, like, I, like, I'm afraid that if the ESRB, like, like, I'm okay with them doing like the minimum with this because I yeah. don't want them. Like, I don't want. I'm and my son is a bad example because he's over the age of 18 now. But two years ago, if this system existed, I want him to be able to go and buy NBA 2K and not have it have an 18 plus rating on it because it has virtual currency in it. Yeah, that yeah, that's uh, but that would only happen if the government got involved, which is right. crazy, but still. But I mean, but the, that's essentially what the ESRB does though. Like if if if, you know, my son 2 years ago would go into a GameStop or a Target or whatever and want to buy Grand Theft Auto, hopefully they would ask him for his ID. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know, like but I just I don't like cuz doesn't Minecraft have in-game purchasing? Yeah. It, it you does, can buy yeah. skins and yeah. all sorts of things for it. So this will have that label on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, Minecraft is definitely not a game that you would want, you know, because then it's going to send the wrong image. Like if grandma's buying somebody something or if a parent's buying somebody something and they ask him for the ID, oh, why do you need my ID? Oh, because this game requires you to be the age of 18 to purchase it. I'm not buying this for my 12-year-old. You know, they're not going to pay attention to, oh, it's only because of that because it's got, you know, loot boxes in it, you know? Yeah, because yeah. they didn't even say like anything about age restrictions, but it could lead to that, you know, if the regulation mm-hmm. does happen. But like every game is going to have uh, this label because you're going to have if you're a developer and you're even thinking about adding extra content to your game, you're going to have to ask the ESRB, can you please put that label on our game? Because who knows what would happen if you get the box printed up and everything like that, and then six months later, like I'm going to add DLC. Do you then have to like get the old copies? Do you have to send stores a p- sticker pack? And put them on the box. Just like <laughs> But see, that's MJC saying that because him and I have both worked in retail, yeah. <laughs> and we've both gotten that little labels in that yeah. says, "Please add this over this part of the box." Yeah, can you please replace the the UPC <laughs> with another UPC? Thank you. But like I was saying before, the the SRB doesn't give a shit if somebody does that because that's more money for them. Mm-hmm. They're going right. to have to go back and put it through the rating system again, unless it's okay. It's just 
DLC and we're just putting in right. game content. You know, we don't need to yeah. re-rate the game because of that. Because um, they never have. You know, who knows? Yeah, it's definitely a, a weird washy slope. So, wishy washy slope. Thank you, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Because <laughs> this, this honestly yeah. is where it all started. Like Star it Wars is. box art is going to get crazy though, because like now you have games that like because like you know I've been looking at VR stuff and it's like oh it requires this and you flip over a, a PlayStation VR game and it's like like the front of it already says like VR game and it's and it's it's nice it's like right below the PS4 logo at the top and it'll tell you in the lower right hand corner you need these like the VR yeah. headset move controllers and the DualShock or whatever yep. and then it'll have the SRB rating on it but then you flip it over and it shows like all these images and I'm like. <laughs> you're going to get less and less art on the book on a cover of a game and more images and logos. Oh, there's already so much on the back of a game yeah. now that there never was. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, it's fine. The, the, uh, the Senator that they basically did this all for apparently has already gone out and being like, yeah, that's a good first step, but this doesn't talk about loot boxes enough. Uh, this is just somebody making her no. name on this. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and it might be enough because. So I, I don't want to get political, guys, but I'm going to get political. Uh, Trump <laughs> this week is meeting with leading video game industry people to talk about violence in the, video games. No, that well, no one from the ESA has been contacted, and top video game people in the industry are like, "Where's my invite?" Yeah. So he's, this is going to be a thing. No, I don't think he invited anybody. He just said that. No, like exactly. he normally does. He just yeah. he just spouted something off and everybody was like, "Wait, what?" We're, but that that's did, my concern though is like the the video games are now back in the government's eyes with loot boxes and then him trying to do distractions. So it's just like, "Oh, I, I But they will but the thing is now the ESA and the video game industry is a lot more organized and has a lot more money than they ever did. So I don't think that the government will be able to do any of that and make any of it stick. I think they'll get their lobbyists in there yeah, and they will is. push like so hard earlier today that the, that he, the video game lobbyist group says it will meet with, in the white house on Thursday. Yeah. And with Trump, I'm sorry, Trump supporters, but I mean, this is a well-known fact with Trump, the last person to talk to him is pretty much the one that he goes with. So if they're the last people to talk to him on this issue before he makes a decision, then we're fine. <laughs> um, but the whole video game violence thing, cause he brought that up because of the school shootings and that's not, that is not even an issue that can't be an issue because Video games. The same games are all over the world. Yes, these games are played by everybody all over the world, and this country is the only one that has a problem with gun violence. So, there there is no link there. It's bullshit. It's yeah. That just has to be thrown right out the door, laughed out the door before it even you know gets a toehold. It's absurd. Yeah, don't get too don't get too concerned, video game players, because if they try to mess with video games and the video game companies are going to point at the movies and movies are going to point at TV and it's all going to be a vicious cycle. Yeah. Well, that's that's just it. They're all going to video games are the scapegoat. They they always have been. You know, for for a while there was music was the scapegoat and now it's turned to I mean, way back when books were the scapegoat. They were the evil thing that were turning your kids against you and they were you know 
horrible and we have to get rid of these horrible things and then movies were horrible and music was horrible and now video games are horrible everything is just seen as the devil's toy and you know it, yep. it has to be regulated into the ground or gotten rid of and it's all bullshit look up uh, videos of people destroying Beatles records because it's corrupting Ugh, the youth man. yeah <laughs> But it 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 it's just concerning to me just because well, it's like video games are now back into the into governments like you know it's some senators' minds now and it's just like oh don't don't get distracted guys. There are still book burnings and when a long time ago my first job I was in a college bookstore and I ended up managing a college bookstore for a while and every year we had banned books month and banned books week, which is a national thing. And we would pull these cards up and have them up on the shelves and have the books up and list where these books were banned in the past year in this country. And it still happens all over the place Mm -hmm. that books are banned at schools and libraries and things like that all over the place in this country. So, you know, there's pockets of, of this going on everywhere and it's just, it's always going to be, uh, point the finger and it's all your fault you know video games it's all your fault music it's all your fault movies and mm-hmm. books and whatever the one thing that's always interesting to me uh, and we'll move on after this one is like if you uh, if you guys ever pay attention to our forums um jehonius he lives in korea and he actually has to import a lot of games mm. that he wants to play because they're not allowed to be sold in korea yeah because of certain things that happen in it or – and he's actually concerned about – I thought he I, – I could be wrong, but he's actually concerned about Sucker Punch's new game, Ghost of uh, – that word, Shushinema or whatever. <laughs> Shushima. Tsushima. <laughs> yeah, because of like where it takes place and stuff like that in the culture. Like he's very interested in that game, but I think he's also worried that that game might actually be banned in his country. Yeah, it might be. Um, you know, there's certain things that he has to import and like consoles take a very long time to get there, you know, because they have to be like vetted and everything like that. But Australia had that for a long time that you couldn't sell, uh, the equivalent of like an M rated game in Australia. Right. Um, yeah. and that was a huge issue I, that recently changed if, if I remember I correctly. Think so, yeah. Um, but that was for a long time. That was an issue. So it's, uh, yeah, it's like that all over the world. I mean, the whatever the newfangled media is, it's going to be the scapegoat for all society's ills. And I mean, we're getting away from it a little bit. Loot boxes are horrible bullshit, and the industry brought this on themselves. Um, yeah, but they're just the flavor of the season right now. But yeah, it's senators and and politicians saw something they could jump onto and point the finger and say look i'm doing something you know and that's really all it is about at this point yeah so again again, thank you star wars battlefront (laughs) 2 yeah All right, Josh, you want to handle this last piece of news for us? Okay. PlayStation Plus, the March 2018 update is out, and I'll run through that real quick, and then we'll talk about the changes that are coming. So for PlayStation 4, uh, you'll be getting Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank, which are both really good games. Uh, for the PlayStation 3, you'll be getting Legend of K Anniversary and Mighty Number no. 9. Um. 
cross buy for PS4. Which is cross buy for PS4. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, the Legend of K Anniversary is actually a pretty good platformer. Uh, it's a well adventure type game, open world platform, all that type stuff. <laughs> I love this quote. For the most part, it's an enjoyable game. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like saying a girl has a good personality. Well, this was a PS2 game, and it was just such a no, weird thing that it, it got updated. I think it like, came out of nowhere, yeah. and then they sent it to you, if I remember right. Yeah. And I enjoyed it, actually. I bought it for the, uh, for the Wii U. Um, so, yeah, I liked it enough. Um, you did Mighty Number no. 9, and... Mm-hmm. You were not too happy. I didn't with hate it. it, didn't love it. Yeah. Um it's it's a solid game. If you're like like the quote says though, if you're expecting a Mega Man clone, like you're not gonna get a Mega Man clone. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still a precision platformer. So and if you can get past some of the wonky cutscenes and the terrible story, the core gameplay and the controls of the game are very good. Yep. Cool. And then for the Vita, we have a pair of games that are both cross by with PS4. One is Claire Extended Cut. Uh, which is kind of a horror-ish game, if I remember correctly. And Bombing Busters, um, which is bomb oodles of nasty critters in a series of 30 wicked mazes. So... Bomberman. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) the big kerfuffle here uh, that came up was that they made an announcement and they needed to do this a year out. Everybody was wondering why they did this. Because if you have a PlayStation Plus subscription... Well, let me get into what it is, obviously, for people who don't know. Uh, starting next year on March 8, 2019, the PlayStation Plus monthly games lineup will focus on PS4 titles and no longer include PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita titles. This won't affect any games you've already downloaded or will download prior to March 8, 2019. Now, they made this announcement a year in advance because if people bought PlayStation Plus expecting this, like a year subscription to PlayStation Plus expecting this, and then next month Sony shut it down, there would be hell to pay, and they'd be talking Mm -hmm. lawsuits, and they'd be wanting their money back, and it would just be insane. So they're giving everybody the time and telling everybody if you don't if you're unhappy with that and you don't want to renew your subscription, turn off auto renew now. And it will not renew come March and or before that, whenever your subscription runs out, and then you're done. Um you also you're probably gonna see this on every update for the next eleven months. Yeah, but you also won't have access to any of the games that you already downloaded. Because you don't have PlayStation Plus anymore. <laughs> so they got so, you. Yeah, they got you. Um, honestly, I don't think this is that big a deal for several reasons. Um, PSP games used to be a part of PlayStation Plus, And they went away. Nobody remembers that. Nobody cares. They went away a couple of years ago. Um, so... It was inevitable that this was going to happen. There are no new physical games being released for the PS3 this year. None that I've seen. And mm-hmm. it was it was so crazy that any were released last year. Um, if I can find... Hang on. Give me one second and I will tell you exactly. I think you said it was like 14 games when you were doing the minecarts. Yeah. The, the total number of games was very small. Um, now that's not so why you're, why you're looking. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's not to say they don't have a huge library that they could pull from, obviously. 
Um, but yeah, wait, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen games released for the PS3 last year, physical and digital. And one was Weather Nation, which is not really a game. Um, so yeah, the the PS3 is essentially done. The Vita, they've they've essentially finished with that. Now, something to keep in mind is with these games, there's cross buy, like three of the you know one of the PS3 games, both of the Vita games were cross buy with PS4. There's every possibility that they're going to be giving us PS4 games that are cross buy with Vita. So you're still going to get that Vita copy. You know, um, it's just, it's one of those inevitable things. And I don't think it's that big a deal. Everybody's making such a, such a big deal about it, but there was also a lot of confusion. People were freaking out thinking that like they didn't understand what Sony was saying. And they thought that any game they bought on the PS3 would suddenly not work after March 8th. Did you guys see no. that? Yeah. No. I didn't see that. That was, was if, just... if, yeah, if you look at the PlayStation blog where they announced this and go down through the comments, I'd say a good 30 to 40% of the comments. Maybe I'm over exaggerating a little bit. You're turning off my PS3 Plus support. <laughs> uh, they, no, they honestly thought that they're like, well, wait, all those games I bought on the PS3 aren't going to work anymore? Is that the whole store is shutting down? What? They were. Co- completely baffled by this just completely lost in in what was being said well and then plus what people were freaking out about too is like you know kudos to sony on most of how they handle their pr when they control the when they control the dynamic and they control the message they they usually knock it out of the park when they post something and then somebody like kotaku or something like that reaches out to them and sticks a microphone in front of their face they tend to fumble yeah because they essentially said yeah, and, of, and, and all they had to say was, as of today, you know, they pretty much said nothing is changing except for PS3 and PS Vita are no longer going to be offered in March of 2019. So everybody, rightfully so, said, "Great." So now we were getting six games with plus, and now we're going down to two, and you're probably going to raise the price again in the next year. You know, yeah. And I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case. But if you think as of about right it, now, if you think about it. When Plus started, we were getting PS3 and PSP games, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And PS1 so, games for a short um, period of time. You were getting a short classic period game. of time. They they'd get thrown in every now and then, but they were they were the PS3 game. It wasn't like an extra game that was coming through. But this also might be the start of what we've been asking for for a year of a slight overhaul to Plus. Yeah. It could be to where we might start getting new stuff, and like they might use March 2019 as a kickoff for the changes, and for you know, or they might you might slowly start seeing some of the changes. But I don't think that if I don't think two games is going to be where this ending point is with plus. Like I think it's going to be something else. They've already started sprinkling VR games in there, yeah, um, and I'm sure that they're going to continue to do that, um, if not ramp that up even a little bit more. I think um, they'll ramp it up because there's already a hundred games out on VR, and we're talking a year from now. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a big pool of games to choose from, and they're going to be able to do. Here's a pair of PS4 games, and here's a pair of VR games, you know? And it's another way to push people to buy VR. So, I mean, but nobody knows. Maybe they'll go to three PS4 games. Maybe they'll, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't know. 
maybe they will overhaul, like you said, maybe they'll overhaul PlayStation Plus entirely and make it a better value proposition. Maybe they'll throw in PlayStation now for the first time, finally, as as part of that. You know, they'll or some form of view or something. Or they'll say, yeah, but view is not necessarily like everybody has TV or not everybody right. has TV, but the people that have TV have what they want. They're already paying for something and view would just be kind of superfluous at that point. But if Sony says, all right, starting March, 2019, we're going to raise the price 10 bucks. But as part of this, you're all getting uh, free PlayStation um, uh, now along with it. And that extra 10 bucks a month is covering PlayStation now for you. We took away your two PS3 games a month and gave you every <laughs> PlayStation 3 game ever. Well, you know that we could that we Almost. could get licensing for and, and redo. But yeah, um, and real yeah, so a great great month for Plus in general. But but like realistically, how many of you listening are going to actually play Bombing Busters on the PS Vita? Yeah, th- uh, this month <laughs> exactly. How many of you are going to play Legend of K Anniversary? I don't know about you guys, but. My friend list on the PS3 was full. When I load up my PS3 every once in a while, no one is online. Yeah, like there's no one. That Sony has enough numbers to know right. if this makes sense financially for them, and there's not going to be much of an outcry. They see the download numbers. Those download numbers for the Plus games for Vita and Three have probably been going down every single month, and the people that are complaining are going to be very vocal. Yeah but there's not going to be a lot of them. Well, there's always going to be somebody complaining. You're taking away my shit, you know? And it's understandable. Yeah. I mean, you, you you get into the habit, okay, it's this month, all right, now I get to grab my PS4 games, grab my PS3 games, grab my Vita games. Woohoo! I made out like a bandit. Did you play any of them? Fuck no. I got other shit to play. I got Destiny 2 that just came out, you know? <laughs> and you've got piles and piles of games that... And, and you could see it. If, if you read through the comments on the blog... You know, every time they announce these things, you'd see a ton of comments like more shit to add to my backlog. You know, it's it's stuff that people aren't actually playing. There are people out there playing. them. OK, I'm not saying everybody, but yeah, I, I, I wager a good percent of a good high percent of people, more than 50 percent of the people that are downloading PS3 and Vita and PS4 games at this point are not playing anywhere near all of them. PlayStation Plus is a service that I pay for to play online with my friends that happens to come with free games. Yeah. I mean that's your take. Yeah. And yeah. and there's a like lot of people there's a Plus. lot of people yeah. out there like you. Um there's some people mm-hmm. out there who this is their lifeblood. You know, I I play right. every game that comes out and that's what I do. These are the only games I get. And you know, this instead of buying all those games, I wait for it to come out on plus. And that's why I'm screaming every month. Why isn't destiny Two on plus yet? <laughs> <laughs> and we see that too. You know, everybody is, where's my X? Where's this? Where's that? Um, but you know, it's, it's crazy. There, there are plenty of games they could still bring out for these but the, the where's the upside in it for them at this point? It, if less and less people are actually downloading them or even playing them, um, because chances are, if they're downloading them, they're going to be online when they're playing them. So Sony can tell if you're playing this game. Um, they know who's playing what. So they can see. 
they know where the numbers are. So it's a it's a year out, so I'm sure that they're gonna take some time, listen to some feedback, and the PS Plus that we have right now, it, it will I don't think will be the same that we have in March. Yeah, and I expect they won't even mention this at all at E3. Um, this will come up like at Paris Games Week or Tokyo Game Show or something later in the year where it's closer to March. Yeah, and that's Or even PSX, yeah. Um, maybe they hold it back for PSX and say, all right, here's your new PlayStation Plus coming March 2019, and it includes this, this, and this for $10 more. <laughs> and everybody's going to go, fuck! Most likely. It's, it's, it's going to end up being that. Everyone's going to be cheering yeah. and then go, oh, what? And then they'll just move on. And here's a the little one. asterisk. There'll be that little asterisk at the bottom of the slide that says increase yeah. price. <laughs> if they're really smart and really diabolical, they go out that last month for PS3 and Vita with a bane and just release a ton of games that you need to stay subscribed to to play them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, I love those people that were all over those comments too, and every elsewhere I've seen on the internet. Um, where they've said, well, that's it. I'm canceling my Plus subscription right now. I'm like, well, good. Then all those games that you were getting for all those years are no longer available <laughs> to you. you. Just clogging up that just download Just shoot list. yourself in the face, why don't you? That's not helping you at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're not hurting anybody but yourself. So go ahead. Cancel your subscription, and now you have nothing. You're getting rid of my PS3 games. I'm not subscribing to you anymore, because it's all I play are Plus games. And they're probably sitting at their end like, um... Yeah. <laughs> yeah i've made a mistake it's it's a it's an empty threat you know i mean yeah. you're not hurting anybody so but take yourself. a breath and give them kudos for doing the right thing and telling people a year in advance that they're yeah, doing but, this it's the right thing but to honestly do. think about what they've done for us over the years in terms of playstation plus like one number i just found as i'm tooling around here in 2014 it was over $1,300 worth of games that were available on PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus for free. Quote, unquote, free. $1,300 worth of games in one year. And if you've had this from the beginning, which I have, I don't know if you guys Same. have. Yeah, from 2010, that's eight years worth of games. And in just one year, it was 1300 So think of how many games you've gotten uh, 553 at last count. <laughs> there was so many that at a certain point I would stop adding all of them to my download list. I was just like, no, this is just clogging it up too much. So I'm only going <laughs> to yeah. download the games or add the games I actually think I'm going to play in my download list. And there's still probably like a hundred or so games that I have not touched that I wanted to play. Yeah. I still want to play that are in my plus from Vita and three. Yeah. That's crazy. That's the thing. Like the other night I was playing Rhyme and I didn't, I was like, I don't know. I don't remember where I got this. Did I buy this? Maybe I bought it when it was on sale and you guys are like, no, that was a plus game like last month. I'm like, oh shit. All right. That's where I got it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's a routine for us. You know, like, like we jump on the store periodically to check sales out or whatever. And you click on the plus games. And you're like, oh, I didn't download these yet. It could be the middle of March. It could be the middle of January, late January. We're like, click, click, click. You add them to your download list, and then they're there, and you're like, oh, I should check it out. Or Josh's, in my case, our kids are like, play that, play that, yeah. play that. <laughs> yeah. And then and I'm like, I don't even remember what And that people was. would constantly complain, oh, I already have all those games. You're ripping me off. You know, there's never, people are <laughs> never going to be happy. But yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, 
this is the service that you asked for. This is the service you paid for. And those systems are being put to bed. It's what happens in the video game world. So send us some feedback on plus. Tell us what you guys think. I mean, there wasn't a ton of comments on the web post at all, but send us, send us an email or tweet at us about your thoughts on Mark. I'm going to think plus. we're We'd all like wrong. Know. And I'm an asshole for everything I just said. <laughs> I want to know how many of those games you've finished. Please send us that info. Oh, How many plus people? games you send, finished? Send me your screenshots of your Platinum PS3 oh Plus games. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Let's not get into uh, E-Penis measuring contest. Again. <laughs> well, send me the trophy, Scott, the, of you actually like, starting the game, completing the We're first chapter. We're not starting Trophy Watch again. I know. I'm joking. Uh, so. <laughs> I have that. I think Glenn sent me that in one of his little file things, that little jingle. Uh, burn it. I don't know. <laughs> we talked about burning books. Burn that MP3. You know, NBA 2K16. Right, that's where I got NBA 2K16. That was a PS4 Plus game yep. at one point. Yep. Holy shit. And I don't want to hide the fact that we got Ratchet and Clank and Bloodborne on yeah. PS4. Yeah, the fantastic like, games. Like for those of you that you know, like maybe they're going to go more in the trend of if we're going to get two, if if we are going to get two PS4 games with plus a month only, and as long as they're Sony owned games, <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. So, all right, Josh, um, reviews that hit the website since last recording. Oh, website reviews. We got uh, Bridge Constructor Portal, which Andy did. Um, that is, uh, it, I didn't understand what that was. I didn't watch any of the trailers before it came out. Um, you know, I kind of had an idea, but I couldn't understand, okay, it's bridge constructor, but they're adding portals. I don't get it. Um, but literally you're, you're in the testing center. Um, and GLaDOS is there giving you crap the whole time and you're <laughs> constructing these things to get them from one portal to the other. Uh, carefully so there's a lot of physics involved and it gets really crazy with momentum and stuff um because you'll make ramps for them and that's why we had the rocket scientist review exactly Um, that one's rated he didn't review kerbal i reviewed kerbal and struggled with kerbal uh and then the next three i put up yay um somebody got the writing uh so i put up uh the written review for moss um, which is something Dave finally played and yeah. the written review for past cure and yeah, it's, that's a rough game and the written review for <laughs> monster energy, Supercross, the official video game X, Y, Z PDQ. Cause that has a ridiculous. I got to look at this banner. Did you get it all? Yeah. There? Did you see that? <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun part you look at the banner and you see the full name on the banner it's insane oh yeah nice show um because that's the logo and and in all their correspondence every and even on their website they only call it monster energy supercross the official video game but um if you see it you know on the screen it's 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 an insane title uh, that it has it's just <laughs> unreal so yep uh those are the only ones that went up so far it sounds like Chaz is gearing up uh to have another like <laughs> to, to 12 <laughs> to be done in the next couple days so uh we'll see um getting those up over the next week or so or when he gets them done 
Uh, and I have a couple more that I need to write and want to write. So uh, we'll yeah, see that. Definitely uh, the beginning of the year, of the physical year for video games is starting to ramp up for all of us. Yep. So there's a lot of stuff on the horizon <laughs> that, that we're looking forward to, and there's a lot of stuff that's still <laughs> lingering. So. Yeah. All right. So um, we don't have any reviews that any of us are doing this week. So we're, I'm going to go um, into my Far Cry 5 impressions. Um, but first, we have an interview with Dan Hay, the creative director for Far Cry 5. Um, please keep in mind that this interview, um, for those of you that heard me a little bit talk about it last week, that um, I went out to San Francisco um, and I went to a ranch, Rheinstein Ranch in Livermore, California. Um, and everything that we did was pretty much outside. Like we were in a barn, which is outside, whether you want it to be or not, it's still outside. <laughs> so, um, and the interview was done in said barn, um, with the creative director. So the audio quality is subpar. I've t- I'll try to turn it up as best as I can. And it is, it is recorded with my phone and the interview is about nine minutes. So when it starts, if you're having a hard time with the audio, I do apologize. Um, but you can just go ahead and fast forward if you need to, but it's a pretty cool interview. So we're going to get to that right now. All right, so we're here at a Far Cry 5 preview event, and um, I'm really bad at pronouncing people's names, so I'm just going to let him introduce himself. Dan Hay, D-A-N-H-A-Y. Okay. What are you, what's your job title? I'm the creative director on Far Cry 5. So tell me where the basic idea from Far, for Far Cry 5 came from. Um, I think we've been wanting to go to the States for a long time, since the end of Far Cry 3. We just didn't know how to do it. And then uh, uh, three years ago, we kind of rekindled the passion for that and, and wanted to go to the States. But we, again, we were thinking, okay, how's it going to work? And... And the, the basic premise came from when I was a kid. I was I was pretty worried about the uh, um, the impending threat of the Soviet Union and the U.S. at the end of the Cold War. And I was kind of I would say manic about the the, the worry about you know being blown to Kingdom Come and everything kind of falling apart. And I remember having this panic as a kid and just being worried about it. And then eventually it went away. Um, I think cooler heads prevailed, and it felt like we took a step back globally from from the cliff, but I remember it was, it was something that I was I was pretty worried about as a kid. And then, you know, I'd say about three or four years ago, I started having this pang again, this feeling of, of nervousness, and I couldn't really place it. And then I realized it was, it was similar. It felt like we were heading to a point where globally there was this feeling like um, it was possible that there might be some kind of calamity. And I remember thinking that, is that what that feeling is? It was a remembrance of that. So we kind of took that idea and we ported that into the father and said, okay, what if there was a person who really believed that we were getting close to the edge? What if um, they believed that doomsday was possible? What if they believed that uh, they had been chosen to basically save and protect people and they were a bad guy who didn't know they were, or didn't believe they were a bad guy? And so we put that into the father and it became really interesting. It, it sort of informed everything we did very, very quickly and, uh, and then we built the game around that. Okay, and then where did the premise of the cult come from? Well, we were, when you look at what we've done with Voss or Peg and Min, we know that we do a pretty good job of building these characters, but it's like, okay, hold on, this has to take place in the States, and how do you manage the, the believability of somebody who would have the ability to control people and have them, um, you know, take a part of Montana, take a part of our Montana, Hope Montana, and control it, and very quickly when we started to think about this magnetic leader, the concept of the cult came up, and we started to talk about the family, and it really seemed to resonate and it worked so that's what we did and then um, open world like true open world like 100% like you can go wherever you want or is there a, level, a couple level barriers that are in the way or uh, go where you want okay. and then 
um, you guys did a lot of co-op stuff, and there, I, I seem to think with some of our our readers, there's a little bit of confusion on the co-op. Um, if you're the host and I'm playing with you, does do I progress in the game? If I'm the host, the host progresses. Okay. And if, if you're playing with me, we, we're playing the host game. And then if you're the host and you have somebody else come with you, as the host, you progress. So the, so the earnability and like, so what happens with like the weapons that they find or the upgrades and the skill points of the non-host? The specifics of that is that the, the sanctity of your game is as the host, the non-host, uh, goes back to the sanctity of their game. We really wanted to, when you think about it, the best way to describe it is we built the for hire system, right? And the for hire system has the slots in it that say, you want to go out in the world and find somebody who's a guns for hire, you can, and that can be an AI and NPC. You want to go out in the world and find a fangs for hire, and it can. In your game, it can be. But if you want to go out in the world and have a co-op buddy come in and do that, they're in your game, and then when they step out, they go back to their game. Is there any kind of matchmaking for that, or is it mo- mostly through invite only? It's mostly, it's it's invitation. Okay. And then um, the fur hire system as well. I, I noticed a little bit that I played today, there's obviously, you know, better, you know, not better, but... You Premier. Know, Premier, yeah. and, and then there's risk-reward with each person. Of, yes. Of being able to assign them. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? Yeah, so what we did is we, it was, it was interesting because we built the world so that you'd have pretty normal people out there that could basically get up and defend themselves if you managed to get them out of a hostage situation. So you go out in the world and you meet somebody in there, maybe you step, pull them out of a van and and they they tear out and they're afraid. But somebody else looks down and picks up a gun, they're a potential guns for hire. And they don't have a lot of information and they may not have a special ability. So as you go out further into the world, you've got the ability to find a premier guns for hire. Now we built a roster and what's really nice is to watch players actually play the roster and go up against a com- uh, compound or go up against a mission and actually rotate out. You know, maybe one minute they want to bomb with Nick, another one they want to have Grace as a sniper, or else they just say, no, I want to go stealth, so I'm going to put Jess in this spot. And then about halfway through, I'm going to swap it out, I'm going to put Nick in. And they're actually kind of, um, they're they're spinning the plates of the abilities of each one of the guns for hire, and it's cool to watch. Um, how much of the other, like... Uh, Ubisoft games do you guys work with? Like, because I see uh, some similarities in the map system and the region system to like Ghost Recon Wildlands. Is that anything that you guys are like working together with, or in honestly, terms of like territories and stuff? Like honestly, that? it's like I know it's the, the thought process is oh, you guys all work in the same building, you talk to each other all the time. You know more about those games than I do. <laughs> we never have time. I would love like I still haven't played AC. Mm-hmm. Like, and and so it's it's ironic that in a lot of cases we're in the same building and and. Maybe you see somebody at lunch or whatever else, but there's just no time. You just don't seem to be able to collaborate as much. So I think that's pretty cool now with the IGE. You know, we we put a, a real emphasis on being able to make it that as the in-game editor, we could for the first time be able to use Watch Dogs assets or use AC assets so that the players can actually do that. That's a pretty big thing for us. Um, well, since you brought that up, the, I haven't had a chance to play the arcade yet, but do you want to kind of explain that? Yeah, so, I mean, we've had the in-game editor for a while, but we wanted to be able to, it, it felt like it was kind of off to the side. And what was important for us was to say, look, um, when you play the in-game editor and, and now arcade, we want to put it in the world. And we want it to feel natural. Like, that's the thing about the game when we built Far Cry 5. We want everything to feel natural and organic. You walk into a bar, there happens to be an arcade over there. You go over to it, and you go, and you're ported into arcade. And now you have the ability to have kind of a world within a world, and it's reasonable that some of the crazy stuff that goes on in that arcade happens, and you pull back out to Far Cry 5. But we also wanted to make it so that the tools were that you understood that you were playing user-generated content, the maps can change, a lot of cool stuff can happen, and then you can go back out into Far Cry 5 and keep playing. 
and then you guys talked today about um, there's going to be Assassin's Creed assets in there, Watch Dogs assets in there, other Ubisoft properties in there as well. So that'll probably be really interesting to see what the world comes up with. For it's cool to see what people are going to build, right? I mean, the whole premise of this game has been from the beginning. Let the players play. And when it comes to the story, make sure that the story is organic enough that, that you're not forced to go along the linear path. Make sure that people can develop. And we want to be able to give the tools so that it stops, it creates the relationship between the players as the players are almost devs, as much as we can do it. Um, what about like the PvP mode? In, in Arcade? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. so there is a, there's a PvP mode in, in Arcade, and it's pretty cool. I think people are going to enjoy that. But in terms of the, um, the nature of the game, what we focused on was bringing co-op in the whole for hire right. system. Not a, not a whole lot of sleep today, sorry. Sorry, dude. Okay. Um, you and me both. <laughs> you got a game to launch. I just had a terrible flight. <laughs> Where did you come from? Uh, Michigan. Okay. So. okay. Missed the connection, slept in that airport. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Um, so, the how long, like um, like an average playthrough, I mean, like when you guys are playtesting, like how long is the campaign taking? So, it's a tricky thing to, to know. Because obviously they can go any direction they want. Yeah, like, like I think in terms of duration... I've played the game six times now, okay, in the last four months, and my, my playthroughs are pretty long, like, when it comes to it, I'm, I'm, I'm logging, you know, 10-hour days, and I'm going through, I'm having a great time, and, and the thing about it, from the standpoint of its duration, is that it really depends on how you play. Like, I think the average player, if they go through and they just blister through the story, are going to be able to get 25 hours out of the game and, and, and really enjoy that. But for me, I, I look at the game and I, I'm playing the time that it takes me to play the things that I'm doing. You have a moment where you have an intent to go there. And between here and there, a whole bunch of crazy shit happens and you end up over there. So I think it's going to be entirely incumbent on how players play it. Uh, and then the what's the, the goal for, like I guess, post-campaign content? Like, is there any... like, any, like um, three-month plan, six-month yeah, plan. Yeah, so we've got a whole bunch of DLC stuff that's coming out. I mean, if you've been looking for stuff, you know that we're, we're going to Mars, which is super cool. We're going to go to Vietnam. We've got a, a zombie thing that's happening, so that I think everybody's really reacting to that, really reacting to that well online. And I think that um, it's just an opportunity for us to be able to explore All new, right. new stuff. So thank you very much, Dan, for taking the time to speak awesome. to me thank you so much briefly for about Far Cry 5. Now, I did get to uh, extensive amount of time with the game. Um, and like I said earlier, with the movie and everything like that, the, like the, the the short uh, the short film, they're doing all this building for the villain. And at the beginning, um, there's a whole write up on the website about this that I did for my my impressions of the story. Um, and it's it's a Far Cry game, so you're still it's still the first person shooter. Uh, it still has similar mechanics to uh, to the other Far Cry games. I have not had extensive experience with any of the Far Cry games, but this story really intrigues me in terms of religious beliefs, cults taking place in the States. There's not a lot of video games that take place in the States. Um, so, and just the area of what you're trying to accomplish. So, um, you start the game out as a, you're well, not start. You are a rookie cop. Um, you are teamed up with a U.S. Marshal and you are in a helicopter and you are flying to, into the compound, the, the Eden's gate compound where the cult is. And you have an arrest. The, the U.S. Marshal has an arrest warrant for Joseph Sneed, the head of Eden's gate cult. Um, your helicopter physically lands in the dead center of cult country. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and the four of you get off the helicopter, and you're slowly walking towards the main uh, the main church that Joseph Sneed's in, and you arrest him. Uh, you, you, your character physically puts the handcuffs on him and he's talking to you and this is a creepy dude. <laughs> like he is a creepy, creepy guy. Um, and the, his followers and everything like that, like it's, it's the cults and things like that, that you've heard about where there's just blind following for him, like no matter what. And, um, you know, like you're, you're taking him back to the helicopter and you're, and you're getting ready to take off and shit hits the fan. Like, they shoot your helicopter down, um, and somehow he survives, and some of your people on your team don't survive, and now you are in the middle of Hope County, in the in the middle of the cult's compound, and you need to fight your way out. And you need to help build the resistance against the cult. Um, and it's very similar, like you have a large map. Um, you're getting resistance points as you're progressing through and helping out citizens and, you know, like turning water back onto certain areas and very, you know, common open world things that you're doing. I didn't get like a extensive amount of time to get like deep in the story. They didn't throw us in the middle of the story. I mean, they threw us right at the beginning and we did the tutorial missions. And then it's, like I said, it's the, it's the true open world. You can go any direction you want. You can, you know, the guns, the guns for hire system is very, um, prevalent in this game like there are you we've all seen boomer where you can get the dog to help you where he jumps and bites somebody or takes their gun away from them and um and you know you can have two gun for hires equipped at the same time and you use the d-pad to send them out um there's a there's a gigantic grizzly bear whose name is cheeseburger and uh he's a gun he's a, a gun for hire that can like as a quote unquote as a co-op partner that can help you and you can you know if you played like ghost recon wildlands like single player mode where you're kind of assigning the rest of your squad to do certain things like it's very similar to that um so you're telling as me you prog- i can have yeah. a bear and a dog as partners absolutely <laughs> okay. and the, and the bear's name is cheeseburger but he only eats fish i like that interesting <laughs> So, um, gameplay wise, like it, it, I played on a PS4 pro on a 4k TV, which I presuming was an HDR television. It's cause it's Ubisoft. I don't know why it wouldn't be, but I didn't get a chance to ask him that, but I'm 95% sure I was on an HDR set, but I know for sure I was on a pro. Um, and, uh, the game is just gorgeous. The, the, you know, the Montana is scene that they're trying to set and everything like that is just amazing looking. It's very vertical. Um, buildings and cabins and you know like the guns and like it just it looks great um i I want to know how far they're going with this story like how far are they going to push the envelope like that's the the biggest intrigue for me if you're a far cry fan like you're not going to be disappointed at all it's more far cry more explosions more crazy stuff that you can do flying helicopters dog fighting in planes um Mm -hmm. blowing things up you know just all that kind of stuff just Boats and the dogs you know, fight in the planes. Right. That's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, I know you said they didn't dive too much into the story, but do they talk about how the outside of Hope County are reacting to everyone blowing shit up? <laughs> no. I feel like if a small city in Montana is getting like <laughs> super devastated, it would be all over the news. 
Um, no, I mean, like I said, I didn't it didn't get like super far. Like it's 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 divvied up into like three regions, and each of the regions is controlled by one of you know Joseph Sneed's brothers, um, or his and one and two of them are his brother, and one of them is sister. So the whole family has control of it, and you're kind of like you know building the resistance up within people within that area that are going to start helping you, and you know it's it's the basic you know take take uh, quadrants of the of the county back in, until you get enough control that you know Joseph Sneed gets like pissed off at you and he comes after you you know that kind of style thing um, so like all of that is going on now the the shooting mechanics and again I don't know if I'm just been spoiled by other shooters but like the shooting mechanics felt a little wonky in the game <laughs> yeah you're controlling a lot of different weapons and there's other things you know like in, you know, things that you're doing and stuff like that but the shooting just didn't feel great now keep in mind I didn't really think of a great way that I could word this in my write-up, but I was partially sleep-deprived while I was playing this game uh, because I did have all that airport craziness going on. I didn't get a lot of sleep, and it was a long day. I don't think you mentioned the airport craziness last week on the show. <laughs> you, you told me and Josh I, before we recorded, yeah. but I don't think people realized I ended up the spending hell. the night in the, in the Los Angeles airport on the floor. So, okay. yeah. For those of you that have ever seen me interview somebody or have met me in person, or the references that Josh and Michael make to me being a giant, um, being as tall as I am and sleeping on the floor is not comfortable. He would be a sleeping. tower in a Far Cry game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but, the, you know, there, there's. There's all the upgrade systems are in the game as well. Like you, you get as you build your resistance meter up in each quadrant of the of the county, you get you know skill points and you use the skill points to give yourself the wingsuit to give yourself you know um, like longer ability to hold your breath underwater. So you're like upgrading your skills and making yourself more of a badass while you're playing the game. Um, the for any other again for Far Cry France there you know and um, MJC made the reference to it so it reminded me there is no tower climbing in the game. Oh really? So That's like a the, the very tower. major thing of Far Cry, yeah, or any Ubisoft game. So yeah, so the tower system is gone. There are more focal points within the within the county of different quest givers that that you'll speak to. That you will work with the quest giver, and, and within that quest giver's area, that's where you're going to pick up another one of your guns for hire. You kind of start with like when you get to that area, you meet with this person, like with your newest quest giver who controls that small quadrant of the region that you're in. Um, you listen to them. There's you know there's like one guy that wants to run for like office, and there's a lot of political banter in it. Um, and then you get Herc. Uh, Herc is back in the game from Far Cry Four. Um, so if you look on the video, there's a lot of time with the campaign uh, video that I have posted on the site. There's a lot of times with um, that I'm with Herc. Um, and like he's ziplining, and he's like, I'm gonna come back and do the zipline naked so I can feel the wind on my tank. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of craziness from each characters. Um, you know, there's there's you know tons of weapon variety. And the, the another negative I had is like when you're talking to the quest givers, they talk to you forever, and I mean like forever, just to give you your next assignment. And I know that some of that might be trying to like set the mood or what's going on and why they don't like the cult or why they are, you know. But it was like, okay, are you done talking yet? So I can go play. <laughs> and if you walk away from them, they get pissed off at you. <laughs> Like they're like, oh, can I finish now that you're back? Wow. <laughs> so, um, the co-op, uh, yeah, I was uh, in a discussion with somebody on the forums um, about co-op over the weekend. Uh, the co-op system is the same as it was in Far Cry Four. 
So if Josh and I are playing co-op together, and uh, Josh joins my game, and we and Josh is is, uh, is equivalent to being on mission two, and we do as as me being the host, we do missions three through ten, and Josh leaves the game, picks the game back up tomorrow morning. He's still on mission two. Yeah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm on mission ten because I was the host of the game. But the way that they explained it, and you heard him say it in the interview as well, is that it, the the co op partner is essentially treated as the, as a gun for hire. <sighs> so, I I agree. I don't like it either. I don't, in this day and age, I don't understand like why Josh and I can't just play the entire game beginning to end co op, and we both get the same experience, and we both get to upgrade our weapons and progress through the story and complete the game together. Yeah, I don't understand, especially when. Their co-op, if, and I asked them this question in the interview, and I, I know Josh and Michael haven't heard the interview, but no, don't um, break the fourth wall. <laughs> we heard it; it was great. <laughs> um, I, I point blank asked them, like, because there's this common conception out there of like, uh, like, do they talk to the other game developers? Like, they're you know, or is the Far Cry people talking to Watch Dogs? Or are they talking to Ghost Recon and stuff like that? Because like their menu systems are similar, their map systems are similar. And he says in the interview that they like may, they might pass each other at lunch and they're more talking about their kids or what's going on in their life. They're not talking about what kind of UI they're using in their games. <laughs> but um there there there's so many systems that are very similar that you see and for me to like for Ghost Recon Wildlands to come out for it to have the possibility of having four players you could have four of your buddies three three other buddies so like me and MJC and Josh and somebody else could be playing Ghost Recon Wildlands together start to finish and we could finish the game and be completed and then Far Cry 5 come out and it doesn't work like that it's just odd to me like i don't understand yeah. it um but Far Cry Five does come out on uh, March twenty seventh, um, and it, it's it's looking good. So the it's, it's looking great. There's the arcade mode that's going to be in there as well. Um, uh, I don't know a ton about arcade, um, but it's user generated content, like where you walk up to an arcade cabinet and you can play. Um, you play the user generated uh, content that the that players make, and they can share it out, like so, kind of like a little big planet style, or create your own levels and things like that. And um, there is some PvP in there as well, like team deathmatch PvP that's done in there. Um, and there are also assets from other Ubisoft games in the arcade mode, uh, in the the created creation content mode, where you can have Assassin's Creed assets or Watchdog assets in the maps and things like that that you're building. Um, like one of the single player modes that I played was the goal was to get from the beginning to the end. And you were, I was climbing up ladders and rooms were twisted in different directions. And like there was corridors and hallways and it was just kind of like messing with my head a little bit because like you climb up a ladder and then you're on the side wall of the next room, but you're really on the floor, but they turn the room to where it's sideways and you're trying to climb out the front door or the window. And then you end up in a room that you're walking on the ceiling. So there's just some crazy stuff that people can do with it. But um, yeah, so there's tons of footage on the on the website uh, on youtube.com slash PS Nation, um, multiple missions, and just thank you Ubisoft for flying me out there and giving us the opportunity to cover the game. I'm so looking forward to playing or reviewing this game in the next couple weeks. So yeah, awesome. I know Josh edited the write up, so I don't know if he had any other things that stood out to him or any questions or anything. Mm. 
Not that I can say. That was like a week ago. My brain is mush. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That was like I, I sent out that tweet like last week. Like that was like one of the first nights that like PlayStation Nation felt like physical work mm. for me. Yeah. Like I was sitting at my desk like on a Wednesday night trying to edit the podcast, finish editing the podcast, write an impressions post. I was waiting on assets for the the short film, you know, <laughs> like the short film. Uh, press release and messaging back and forth with Josh, concerned about the length of the writing piece, and just <laughs> I was all in my head that day. Yeah. So my wife says I handled it really well though, because she's usually like, when I get like that, I get really bad. So <laughs> that's good. All right. So um, if you have any questions about Far Cry, there is a, a thread in the forums that was started by another listener or um, a community member. So go ahead and put some questions in there if you want, or put some comments on the website. And I'll try to keep an eye on that, or send us some, you know, send a, send me a tweet, send us some emails, and we'll I'll talk about you know whatever else I can or, or a question you have. The um, the the discussion on the forums that I was having with I think it was Farmer John that was the screen name I believe. Um, I don't remember, and you know, a listener can help us out. I thought that Far Cry Four eventually in its lifespan added the ability for non-owners to play co-op with an owner. Uh, yes, that was uh, when they announced the game. Uh, they showed that off at the um, uh, whatever e- E3, I think, or PSX. They showed off that you can do that. I think okay, it, so. You didn't. So, like, I could own the game and you could play the game with me, Michael. Yeah, I believe it kind of tapped into the uh, share play. Okay. Um, stuff, but yeah, you could do that. I think it had some weird limit, kind of like how share play has the sixty-minute limit at a time. I don't know if Far Cry Five has that feature. I will reach out to my PR people, um, the PR person that I've been ba- emailing back and forth with on Far Cry questions, and I'll find out, and I'll try to see if I can answer that question next week. I don't think it does, because I think that would have been a pretty big selling point for them to talk to us about at the event. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So That was a question that I don't have the answer for yet. So. All right, so what we're playing and watching. So, uh, Michael, or you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So the the big game I'm playing right now, uh, which is eating up most of my time, is Yakuza Six. Uh, I can't talk about this game too much. I can just give some like brief impressions about the jumping into the series uh, as a newcomer to it. I mentioned previously before I've like probably downloaded every demo of Yakuza that's come out, enjoyed it, but just never got around to it. And I own Kiwami. And I think I own Zero as well. Just haven't had time to play it, but I had the opportunity to review Yakuza 6 and I jumped on it. For someone that's new to the series, Yakuza 6, uh, it seems like Sega is aware that this might be a first Yakuza game for some people. And they went out of their way to educate new players. There's uh, a website that has the, the full timeline. Uh, in-game, there's a memory section that you can tap into and uh, learn about the previous games. And then in the actual game, they do a nice little like flashback sequence early on in the game to give you kind of a general idea of what happened in the last game. Yeah, they do that with and, a bunch of the Yakuza games in the game yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that is super appreciated because it it was it wasn't super long, but it was enough to get me to know exactly where things happened, and or where where things ended up, and I was able to jump right into it. And they also do um, this dream sequence where the main character 
goes to other characters in the game and he just basically describes them like who they are what they're doing and what they mean to him and that was really helpful um i'm really limited to only talk about like the first couple chapters of the game um but i didn't get super far into it i think i spent the first 30 to 45 minutes watching cutscenes uh there's a lot of story that they throw at you right away and it actually hooked me right away the the writing is really good uh, the, the way sega has decided to bring the yakuza games over is they only do subtitles they don't do dub uh just because for a while the yakuza games like they would bring the yakuza games they would go full dub if i believe but they just were never major successes in the u.s or in the west so to meet the the fans of the series like demands they're like okay we will bring the yakuza games out but we're only going to do subtitles we're only going to translate them that much and it could be if you're not used to like watching like an anime or something like that like 30 to 45 minutes of just subtitled cutscenes could be kind of rough to get into but the writing the whoever did the translation for sega i don't know if it was in-house or they have someone else do it it's really good writing, really well done. The acting for the Japanese uh, voice actors is really good. Even if you don't know what they're saying, you match them up with the subtitles and works really well. I actually got really into it uh, and to the point where I was almost kind of bummed out when I had to start playing. <laughs> like, because I, 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 legit you're sitting there for like 30, 45 minutes and you're just basically watching like an episode of Yakuza. And you're just like, okay, this is interesting. And then it's like, all right, play now. It's like, oh, I was enjoying that. Can I get can I get more of that? Nice. Uh, so the, the the combat for Yakuza, it's it's a brawler or some light RPG elements, and you have like basically like uh, I, th- I forget what city in Japan the game takes place in, uh, but you have a open world ish. It's really small open world where you just go on your missions. Uh, the, the main story is, uh, I believe his name is Kazuma, which, again, some Yakuza fans is pissed that I'm playing this game for review <laughs> early. Uh, the main character, uh, he ends up in jail from the last game. Sorry, spoilers for Yakuza 5. When he gets out of jail, uh, the his basically his adopted, adoptive daughter uh, has gone missing when he gets out of jail, and he's on the lookout for her, and that's the main story of the game is he's trying to figure out what happened to her. Uh, I can't get into spoilers, uh, but within a couple hours, that that story changes pretty quick. Um, I ended up spending most of my time as soon as they like let me free in the world, uh, playing in all the mini games that Yakuza is known for. <laughs> uh, the the arcade, the first arcade that I went to had Puyo Puyo and Virtual Fighter Machines. And they're both uh, multiplayer games that you can play with someone locally, which is cool. Like, you could use a single-player game, but you can play Puyo Puyo and Virtual Fighter with a friend. Hmm. And they actually busted those two games out into the main menu, so if you just want to play Puyo Puyo or Virtual Fighter, <laughs> you can. <laughs> which, which, I don't know, for some reason... The, the worst thing Sega could have done to me is put a Puyo Puyo game inside Yakuza. Because I love Puyo Puyo. Like, Puyo Puyo Tetris is like the best version of Tetris. No, sorry. 
it, behind the Game Boy version of Tetris, Puyo Puyo Tetris is the second best Tetris game. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of time doing that. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to really getting into Yakuza games, or this Yakuza game specifically as my first Yakuza game. Uh, I will talk about it a little bit more. The embargo for the full review lifts in like two weeks, less than two weeks. Actually, maybe a week. I got to double check. So I will definitely review it on the site. Uh, outside of Yakuza, I know I said I was done with Overwatch. <laughs> but new season started. New season started. They just announced a new character. Uh, the new character is already available on PC in the PTR server. So I had to play Overwatch. <laughs> uh, I finished my my placement matches for season nine. I was I hit platinum. I lost three games in a row. Got kicked out of platinum. Uh, uh, I'm gonna make it back to platinum. Damn it! <laughs> uh, but but the new character is uh, I don't know how to say her name. I keep wanting to say Bridget, but it's like Brigitte or, or Brigitta, and she is a support tank character. And is the daughter of support character Torbjorn and the squire of a tank character named Reinhardt. I, I don't know if she's going to be my sort of character. I do play support for a couple characters. I don't know if her support... Like, she basically uh, can just give out armor like Torbjorn does. And she has a smaller shield like Reinhardt. I don't know if that's a mix. Those are, like, two characters I do not like playing. And now... There's one character that has both of their abilities. So I don't know how much I'm going to get into that, but it was enough. Uh, a new character is kind of what I was talking about last, was a couple weeks ago when I was just like, I might be done. I need new characters or new maps. And damn it, they heard me and added a new character. So, uh, so like when they add a new character, though, like because you were saying, like, oh, it does half of this character and half of that character. Is that common for new characters? Not- or do they, when they add a new character, does it usually have like, hey, that's new and cool? This is the first time uh, that I would say that this is a character that's very similar to other characters. Okay. In terms of just the the raw abilities, like what the character can do. Uh, like Sombra was a, a DPS character, but her abilities are unlike anyone else. She's like, she can hack, she can teleport. Um, Ana was another sniper. Like they'll have like, you know, they'll fit into a class but their actual abilities will be vastly different. Like, okay. the new character isn't quite, you know, like, a perfect half-half, uh, half-and-half right. of Torbjorn Reinhardt, but there's enough... Her backstory makes sense for her to have traits of them, though. So, so it's it makes sense, uh, canon game-wise. Right. Uh, so right. I, I ended up doing that for, like, my Friday, uh, because I, I bought an Elgato HD60, and I needed something to test stream, and I couldn't think of anything better to test stream than something like Overwatch. Uh, so I'm hoping to get more into streaming over the next couple of weeks and use our Twitch channel. Uh, but I need to order. I, I quickly found out with uh, the Elgato <laughs> that I I would have to play with the TV on mute because the way the PS4 handles the audio, like I, I didn't want an echo, so I need to wear headphones, but... I can't have audio go into my headphones and to the Elgato at the same time. So I need to... Yeah, I gotta send you a link. I gotta send you a link for that splitter cable that I use. Oh, no, I, I already ordered one, but Amazon lost okay. it, so I'm waiting for... 
Nice. It, uh, it was supposed to it was supposed to arrive Sunday, and they sent me an email being like, "Hey, it might not arrive till Thursday or Friday. We send it to the wrong facility." <laughs> so, so I had to get on Apple uh, with um, Amazon Chat and tell them like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like, yeah, we lost it, so we'll send you a new one, and here's a refund for it. So it's like, okay, thank you. Yeah, nice. So yeah, I got a free cable because someone fucked up. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, okay, KO, I reviewed that last week. I, when I finished the game, I didn't, I, I was only two trophies out from Platinumine, and... <laughs> we talked about it, we're close. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I was like, okay, what trophies do I need? And one was just, like, level up your character all the way, which I wasn't too far from. The other one was unlock all the player cards, or the PAL cards. Oh. Which, uh relied on those codes that are hidden on the tv show Uh oh (laughs) luckily i've played this game late enough that all the episodes are apparently over (laughs) so all i had to do was go on reddit because someone on reddit of course compiled the full list of codes (laughs) so i spent probably like 15 minutes just like punching in codes based off screenshots from the uh the tv show (laughs) did you get the platinum though (laughs) yes i did (laughs) and i unlocked my platinum so that, that was like a fun project. Uh, did that yesterday. I'm just like, yeah, I got. I guess I guess it's better than watching reaction videos. <laughs> yeah, see, I, at least I got a platinum. I think for so it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got a I got a platinum for it. I wouldn't have gotten a platinum for a reaction video. And I so did- now I got a question. So now I have a question though. So you're you reviewed the game on the podcast. You've done the written review on the podcast. You enjoyed playing the game, and you platinum game. Does it get deleted from your hard drive? No, I keep everything. I got an external drive, so everything okay. stays on that. Okay. You never know when you'd want to play a game again. I say that and oh. never touch so many games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just wondering. So. Yeah. Um, played Wipeout Omega Collection for a little bit. Just I, I needed something to play while listening to podcasts. Just because, I don't know about you guys, but I'm subscribed to about 12 to 15 podcasts. And... I don't have time to, to listen to all of them. So I, sometimes I'll find a video game to play and just have the podcast on in the background. Mm, I can't do that. Yeah, I can't either. I need to focus on one or the other. I So like when I play uh, MLB The Show, I usually have a podcast on in the background just because the, the commentary eventually for MLB The Show is nothing for me. Mm. So like background background noise yeah especially <laughs> there's so many wrestling podcasts man you gotta you gotta find time oh to listen gosh. to them actually i could see doing that during a sports game probably yeah yeah but i just never MLB have the mlb the show is like the main one i i, I will also use mlb the show when i have like an audible book <laughs> like it's like i'm just gonna listen to this book and i'm just gonna hit the baseball a little bit yeah. that's an idea uh, that's it yeah that, that's it for for playing uh watching uh i bought coco yesterday the the pixar movie and really love that movie the the soundtrack is fantastic um i'm i'm half mexican so uh i i got a little bit more from it uh my mexican side of the family is very americanized but there was still enough things in coco that would like remind me of my grandparents even though they were like really like uh, americanized there would still be moments in Coco where I'm like, oh yeah, my grandparents would say stuff like that or do stuff like that <laughs> or reference this thing. That's cool. Uh, 
So th- yeah, and, and uh, I was watched the Oscars. It won Best Animated Film uh, yesterday, which is cool, well deserved. Feel like that category is just always Pixar, though. Well, yeah. Hmm. I'm hearing good things about Coco. Might be something I have to let me be looking into renting and or something. So. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's really really good. Uh, and then I binge watched or. I finished my binge watch of Everything Sucks, the new Netflix show. Mm. Uh, it takes place in the 90s, so 90s nostalgia, which bums me out that 90s nostalgia is a thing. Again, I'm starting to feel old, uh, <laughs> especially when like reading articles about the show. I'm just like, guys, remember Ace of Base and Oasis? And I'm just like, what? <laughs> what do you mean, remember Oasis? Fuck you. <laughs> Um, it, it's a fun show. It's a like a drama that revolves around uh, a bunch of high school kids. It's really it's funny. The drama's pretty well done. The actors are kind of hit and miss. Like the two main characters, they're really good. Some of their friends are borderline obnoxious. This is one of those Netflix shows. I don't know if it's gonna be a long running Netflix show or make it past one season. But I liked what I saw, and it was fun listening to the 90s soundtracks and seeing how stupid people dressed in the early 90s. So, And there was a blockbuster in it. I love blockbusters. <laughs> blockbuster. There's still at least one blockbuster left in the country. I know. It's family right. owned. Like, don't they have a Twitter account <clears throat> yeah, or something? privately owned, family owned, and they just keep it going. And it works. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there's a video rental store not too far from me every time i pass it i'm just like why do you exist but yeah we still have family video here so. oh really we i haven't seen a family video in a while yeah uh, i drive by it every day on my way to work yeah like chicago was like just like either blockbuster or hollywood video and those all went away like early 2000s the last block whenever blockbuster closed i remember like going to it just like you know pick at the bones of the mm-hmm. the carcass see what i can pick up on cheap yeah uh, oh uh have you guys uh, specifically for josh um toys r us like announced mm. a bunch of store closings yeah. have you checked your area just to like no i know pick at the legos and stuff i know which ones are closing but i haven't seen i haven't seen them doing anything like i don't know if they're redistributing the the stock to other stores or what they're doing <clears throat> i it, i don't know um i the the one near me that was closing was a baby's or us exclusively which made sense uh, that that should be closed because right down the road in either direction there's a toys or us slash babies or us like two of them um the other one that kind of surprised me a little bit was um, out by Newark Airport, like on the other side of the, the Newark Airport sits right on the New Jersey Turnpike, basically. And on the other side of the Turnpike, there's a massive Ikea um, because that's like the port for Elizabeth right there. So there's this massive Ikea and across the parking lot from that, there's a massive Toys R Us. And they're shutting that one down. And that kind of surprised me because it's by far the biggest one in the area. But I guess it's just in such an awkward place and everybody has 
you know, a smaller one close by. So why bother going out there? Um, but I've been tempted to go out there and look. I I don't know though if they're it, dumping everything. It might be worth it. Some stores are dumping things. Others are just sending their stock to other stores. Mm. But I think it might be dependent on like how close another store is, type of thing, hmm. or whether it's like worth it. But I've been hearing because uh, some of them in the suburbs closed in uh, Illinois, yeah, or suburbs of Chicago, and it sounds like hit or miss on which ones are just like liquidating their whole store and which ones are just like sending out the expensive items to other stores. Oh, all right, uh, to where it sounds like you get Toys of Life stuff super cheap if you're missing anything no, to collect. But I'm not, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, I have and, everything and, for all of them. <laughs> And like the uh, the non major licensed Lego stuff, apparently has been going pretty cheap. Yeah, that obviously, I if would it's like. like Star Wars, if it's like Star Wars or Marvel, that shit's gonna go to another Toys R Us. Yeah. but like the other stuff that isn't too big, oh, I'll, that apparently is being liquidated. Yeah, I'll buy the fuck out of that. Yeah, so uh, you should you should check that out. Uh, may, maybe make some phone calls, some awkward phone calls. You're like, hey, are you guys liquidating? <laughs> well, I can I can swing no. out there at some point. Um, it's not that far for me. It's not that big a deal, but that's the only one I think even close by that's actually closing. They're spread out enough here that there are very few that are actually closing around me um, from what I saw. So I, they do well enough around here that it's not an issue. And and they're all, except for that one, they're all both Toys R Us slash Babies R Us. So it's not a big deal, you know? Yeah. I, I, I just felt like a piece of shit when I found out the one really close to my house wasn't closing. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, I don't know what I would have wanted, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but that that's it for me for everything I've been playing and watching. Hmm. Nice. Uh, all right. You feel like sure, you I'll go. go. I'll be quick. Okay. Um, cool. yep. I didn't play much. I didn't have a chance to play much. Um, NHL, uh, Minecraft, obviously. And Rockbosher is on PlayStation TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got the... Um, that was a... Uh, it's a Vita game and PS4 game. But I got the limited run, the physical one. Oh, okay. And I was uh, trying to clean everything up on my PSTV that's in the basement here. And I had that, and I know it's not worth really anything on eBay. And I was like, well, physical copy, here we go. So I popped it open, and I was like, I hope this works in here. And I put it in, nothing happened. Like, it didn't even recognize the card, and I went, oh, fuck. So I popped it out and I put it back in, didn't recognize the card. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I put a different card in and that was fine. I was like, shit, I wonder if this just doesn't work. I'm going to have to download the game again. And then I tried one more time and it worked. So (laughs) I don't know what was going on there, but, um, but then I was like, well, I mean, it recognized it. I might as well just play it a little just to make sure it works. So yeah, I, got wrapped up in playing that again for a while i love that game uh but that's really all i had a chance to play um mason for better or worse is now way into droopy the cartoon dog from the 1940s 
Hey, how's that uh, monitoring that show going? Yeah, I. Well, I got to sit down with him the other night and watch because he wanted to watch it last night and he wanted to watch it again tonight. Um, and I we had disc two. It's a two disc set, and it's I think it's every droopy ever made. Um, and we had disc two, and I went through them like the first ten or fifteen of them, and they were all fine. And I was like, okay. So I put that disc in again tonight when I wasn't going to be there. <laughs> um, but there were a couple that I had told him about. Like I was doing the voices and I was, I was like, my favorite part is when the, the cow comes in, he's going, moo, 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 ba, 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 moo, moo, ba, ba. <laughs> the guy's like, ba, ba, sheep, you darn fool. So I'm doing that. And that, that episode comes up and I'm rolling on the floor laughing because there's all this other stuff in there that I had forgotten about and all these funny little, just the animation in, in some of the characters and things like that. Like a lot of it was Tex Avery and Tex Avery was a freaking nut job. He made some of the wildest cartoons and some very subversive things in cartoons that he would throw in. Um, especially for the forties and fifties. So, they're just Tex Avery cartoons are, are just a crazy thing to watch. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with it. Like the ones he's watching, I'm okay with. Um, I know there's some bad stuff on some pretty bad stuff on the other disc. So I'm just trying to keep that one away for now. Uh, unless I can be there with him. And my wife wanted to watch, some kind of movie. She didn't know what we're trying to figure out what to watch. And Mason just wanted to look at his iPad. So I was like, Oh, we can pick something for us. And, uh, she said, why not ghost in the shell? And I went, okay. (laughs) I mean, I got it. I have, I'm huge into the anime. Like I was deep into, um, standalone complex, which was a full series, a TV series, essentially. Um, and I've got, standalone complex second gig and i've got all of it i basically have all ghost in the shell on dvd or or blu-ray um so i was interested in the movie and they were pretty slick i will say for the marketing for the movie uh, they put in a bunch of scenes that were almost beat for beat right out of the anime <laughs> i was like i was like well maybe they're getting it right. You know, I, I don't trust that they did, but they really hit me with, Oh, I, I, I know that scene and I know that's, it's so cool seeing it live action. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a story. It's condensed. It's, it's, it was never going to be what a huge fan of ghost in the shell wanted it to be. Um, but it felt a little empty. Um, to me anyway, you know, my wife thought it was kind of cool. Um, and I, I will admit there were parts in it where I was really impressed and I thought it was really well done. Um, (laughs) does your wife watch the anime? She's never seen it. Um, she knows some of it, um, because I have like a Tachikoma, which are these, um, semi sentient blue tank thing well not always blue but these tank things um we have a big plushy one that i found in chinatown in new york and freaked out 
She's like, isn't that from that ghost? I was like, what? <gasps> I had to buy it. This was years ago. But she's the one that spotted it. So she she's seen, like I'd showed her some of the stuff. So she was vaguely aware of it. Um, but little things popped up in the movie that just made me giggle <laughs> the whole time. Um, like one of the characters, he's feeding these dogs and this hound dog. I was like, all these dogs show up and I'm like, if there's a basset hound in there and, that, and the hound dog shows up and I just lost it. I was like, oh my God, they put the hound in there. That's fucking awesome. Because that's straight out of Ghost in the Shell 2. <laughs> it's just such a weird, random thing that they that they threw in there, kind of. Um, it's, you know, it's not great, um, but it's visually impressive. And it is a pretty cool story. Like, if you've never seen anything of the anime, it's probably pretty enjoyable. Um, pretty cool. But, yeah it's tough for me um but yeah so we watched that i i got all caught up on the 100 um i was watching those till all hours of the morning when i should have been sleeping um <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the writing gets rough here and there and there's a lot of questionable choices um but consistently what this show is about is they put the characters into unbelievably painful and nasty moral choices and they make the choice and then have to live with the consequences and the consequences half the time are horrendous Um, and they've got to deal with them one way or another. So that's, I think the most impressive thing about the show is that they don't shy away from like these really horrifying choices that some of these people are making to survive in this post-apocalyptic world. So, uh, for that alone, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, but since I'm all caught up on that now waiting for the next season, uh, I was skimming through Netflix looking for something and something that I wouldn't have to sink like five seasons into. And I found something called Ascension that was on the Sci-Fi Channel a couple of years ago. I missed it entirely because I thought Sci-Fi Channel only only did wrestling. Now um, I didn't know they were that hasn't been for years. <laughs> I didn't know they were doing actual <laughs> science fiction again. Um, so this was a mini series. Uh, it's only like four episodes or something like that. And I watched the first two or three. I don't know. I don't know how many it is, but. Um, it's interesting so far. It's uh, a ship was launched in the sixties. Um, like Kennedy and the scientists had this grand vision and said, we could launch an interstellar generational ship to, you know, one of the nearby stars uh, today with all our current technology and we should do it. Um, and apparently they did it. And there's these people on there. So they left in the late 50s, early 60s, whenever it was. So for the people on the ship, civil rights movement never happened. Summer of Love, Watergate, you know, 9-11, Reagan getting shot, all these things, the Gulf War, none of this stuff exists to them. So they're stuck in that 
sort of late fifties, early sixties mentality and, and sort of worldview, which is kind of a weird thing and interesting to watch. Um, and then you, you flash back to earth every now and then and see these people who are, you know, it was all done in secret. We're finding out. So nobody's even supposed to know that this ship ever left earth. Uh, and somebody thinks he's onto it and he's like, I think they did it. Now they have to find a way to shut this guy down. And so there's a lot more going on there that I'm not going to talk about cause it would spoil things, but it's an interesting show. Um, so I can get through it pretty quick and I just, I want to get through it and, you know, see what the, what the whole mystery is behind the thing, um, by the end, but it's kind of neat. So it's Ascension again for, cause I know people are like, you talk about something and then we forget what you said. And yeah. So Ascension, if you're looking for that, on it's on Netflix. Yeah. So that's it. All right. Um, for played, for me, um, the only thing that I was able to put any significant amount of time into is I did play and beat Moth, Yay. Uh, on, on VR. So my first VR experience at home. <laughs> um, very cool. Uh, not sure if Josh did it enough justice in terms of like how the VR is used for you to, to look. I mean, I know he talked about like zooming in on things, but like you can actually like look around the environment yeah. and it's kind of, it's kind of yeah. cool. You like tilt your head. Like I found myself like, bumping against my desk and stuff like that because I didn't like realize where I was. Oh my gosh. Because I needed to get the right angle or the scroll that I was looking for was hidden around somewhere and I wanted to see if there was one there. I hurt my face. (laughs) I didn't write that in the review, but I was sitting on the couch and I was sitting kind of towards the side of the couch. (laughs) You hit the the arm. I hit my face right on that. Like the, the... the VR itself, the the VR headset slammed yeah. into the arm yeah. of the couch and ba- ba- backed into my face. And I was like, oh, fuck. Because <laughs> I was leaning down to get something or leaning down to see something. And yeah, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Yeah. So like today, my daughter came home from school and I was playing and, and she said that I just looked like I was, she came downstairs and it's the first time she's seen me playing VR. <laughs> so I'm sitting in my chair with my, like on my head down and like controllers. And she's like, she's like, she just started laughing because she's like, what are you doing? Why are you looking down? I'm like, I'm trying to figure something out. <laughs> yeah, it's cool because you um, can get up and like you can put your yeah. head through the environment and into yeah. like a cave. And there and are situations like where you need yeah, to do that do. to make sure that you can walk through there or there might be something in there or when you move a block. Like the platforming and the puzzle platforming got pretty chaotic as you kind of progress through a little bit it was fun it took me a little while to figure it out not too long but enough that i had to like stop and think for a second mm-hmm. like how am i going to do this and controlling the other things and i know you don't like what really want to get i'm trying to speak vaguely because i don't want to spoil anything either but the combat gets a little crazy for a little while there at one one point yeah. in time you know so it's it's a great game like for those of you that are worried about yeah it's 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 short but it doesn't feel short and i think it's well worth every oh, dollar it costs. yeah it's so, awesome yeah so it's it, it's great, um, and yeah, like the I hope there's more, and it looks like there might be somehow might be more, but I hope there's more. Yeah. So, um, uh, I did start watching um, a little bit of the Star Trek on CBS. Ah. So, so wait, are you a Star Trek fan in general? Okay. No, no. Um, I'm partially I'm watching it because you would you kind of mentioned that I might enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know a ton about Star Trek. I've enjoyed the movies and things like that, but I've never really like 
followed the TV show or anything like that. I know who the characters are and okay. things like that. But so uh, yeah, you'll probably be. Well, what did you think so far? I mean, how many episodes? Did you do? Um, I, was, I think I may be like three okay. in total. Like where like um, the I think I think her name is her. I'm I'm hearing it right. Like her name is yes, Michael, right? Is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like she's just getting to the research ship or something. Um, like after oh, she okay. does yeah, her yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm still like it's going to have to be something more like I might I might start it over again just to make sure I get everything you know watch the first two like t- again mm-hmm. just well um, but I mean it's it's good it's it's see I had a problem with it for the first bit you know there's there's interesting stuff there's really interesting stuff when she gets to the discovery which you're you're just mm-hmm. getting to that part but at yeah. the same time. It all it all felt off. I I didn't like the look of the. I still don't really like the look of the Klingons in there or anything. But yeah. um, I something felt off about it. Um, and for a lot of Star Trek fans, they were complaining like all through the first half of the season that this doesn't feel like Star Trek because X Y Z. Well, then something happens midpoint of the season. And it changes everything, and everybody's mm-hmm. eyes pop open. They're like, "Oh shit!" And it got so much better, and suddenly everything made sense. And that was like, "Oh, now I have to go back and watch those first ten episodes again, and and see mm-hmm. how this is all leading up to this point." Because yeah, the Indian the Indiandos. Oh there. yeah, yeah, and there are a ton. Yeah. There's a ton of little clues yeah. and hints along the way, but only if you're really paying attention. And suddenly, it all makes sense when you get there. And man, it got amazing. Especially, it, it's. It'll be good, you know, even if you're not a fan, but if you're a fan and what they did, just it it blew everything out of the water. It was really, really, mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, I think I'm still like in the setup yeah. phase, you know, yeah. like, where they're still trying to develop you characters really and, and flush out, you know, personalities and yeah. stuff like that. So um, um yeah, it'll definitely be something I keep watching. Yeah. So. They did a good job with um with really character building, um and and laying things out for all of them and giving them really well-rounded characters so and they uh, they grow and and well you'll see as you go it's good yeah. so um i watched the far cry movie on amazon today yeah. um it's worth it i mean if you like i said if you like the games or you like the want to know more about the game before you play it 30 minutes give it a watch um last night i couldn't go to sleep uh, my wife was a little annoyed at me for doing this but uh she was tired and I didn't and I didn't want to go downstairs. But um so Voodoo does um you can actually Voodoo has free movies now in like Netflix style kind of yeah. thing. With ads, like, right? Free movies yeah. with ads. Yeah, with yeah. ads. So I was like, Oh, let me see what's on here and Draft Day was on there. Um I've seen Draft Day before, but I just felt like watching it because I was like, oh, I'll fall asleep watching this, and I didn't fall asleep <laughs> watching it. But it's it's the Kevin Costner movie about the football NFL football draft mm. day thing, so if you like football, it's a it's an interesting story movie. Um, Costner does a good job in most of the movies I've seen of his. So um, the only thing that I <laughs> that that made me do though, as crazy as it sounds, and I'll probably get you know my my video game man card revoked for this, but uh, it makes me want to with Kevin Costner. It makes me want to watch For Love of the Game again with where he's the Tigers <laughs> pitcher. Yeah. So if you guys, that's a really good movie in terms of sports and a movie that you can take your significant other to. Um, 
And then, so I'm listening to it. I'm using Audible um, for it. Uh, my wife has like the monthly subscription to Audible or whatever for the for the uh, audiobooks. And I've read the book before. So before anybody gets really <laughs> mad at me, I have read it. Um, but I'm listening to Ready Player One again. Oh, yeah. Because that movie comes out at the end of the month. Yeah, um, it does. And it's yeah, and it's a really I really enjoyed the book, and I think I like the ebook even more than reading the it's book. Will Wheaton so. does that, doesn't he? Yes, yeah. he does. Yeah, it's it's very very good. So um, it's just gonna you know it's, I know it's gonna frustrate me when I go to the movies and I'm like this that's not like it in the book. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's gonna happen. I expect that yeah. to happen, but I also wanted it to be somewhat fresh in my mind, you know. So, but I have like a 35 minute ride to work every day, so it's about one or two chapters to and from work. It's great. Um, shameless plug as well as we do have an Audible link if you want to use it. But if not, Audible is a great service if you're not already using it. And an alternative to some podcasts if you like. Uh, so Ready Player One is good. Um, Blood, Sweat, Pixel, and Tears is the Jason Schreiner Kotaku writer um, book. I've listened to that actually on my way back from Wisconsin when I went to see Glenn to learn how to edit this podcast. Um, that's a really good book. It covers Each chapter covers a game. It's like Dragon Age Inquisition's in there, Destiny's in there, um, Halo Wars is in there, um, Stardew Valley's in there, Battlefront 13, or Star Wars 1313 is in there. So there's a lot of cool information if you like games and game development. So that's another good book as well. Um, that is pretty much it for me. I do have some more VR games. Ubisoft was kind enough to to send me a little care package. So Star Trek Bridge Crew, see if I can get Josh's butt online one day this yeah. week. Um, uh, Werewolves Within and uh, Eagle Flight. So I have all those. Got, <laughs> yeah, got some stuff to check out. So yeah, I think my wife will enjoy Were- Werewolves Within. She kind of likes stuff like that. So yep. Um, my daughter still wants Job Simulator. She's still bothering me to buy Job Sim- Simulator, and I just can't find myself to peel twenty bucks for it right now. <laughs> is that how much it is? I forgot it was that much. Yeah, I uh, wait for a plus sale. Uh, yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's another thing. All you yeah. people that canceled your subscription are missing out on <laughs> cheaper games, suckers. Yeah. All right. So um, let's get into some of the community stuff. MJC, you want to kick us off? Uh, no, I don't want to read this guy's question. <laughs> okay. All right. So we got an email from uh, where's his name on here? Did you put his name? He, on he here? puts yeah, it at Joe. the bottom. Yeah. So we got an email from Joe. He's our Google Voice guy. But this is not a Google Voice one. So he goes, hey, this is Joe from Google Voice. Uh, like the show, more wrestling talk. Um, I, I don't I don't really like the rest. I don't really like wrestling, but it's fun to listen to MGC talk about it. Uh, his questions. So uh, did we still have a Google Voice account? Um, the answer is I believe so. I think the emails go to podcast at PS Nation, Josh. Uh, the emails go there. Yes. The yeah, they should. Yeah. I don't think okay. any of that got shut down, as far as I know. Okay. And then do you, does he want us to send him more messages so we can read the bad transcripts? Sure. Those yeah, are always not? fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we should have a regular segment of all the things Glenn can, can now do with his free time. Have him write it up each week, all the things he did, but wouldn't because of the podcast. Well, the problem is to get him to write. Yeah. That's the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, but I think he's busy enough. He's on his way to, 
he's at Extra Life, Extra Life on his way to Extra Life United, which will by the time this podcast goes up, will be close to either going on or starting up the next day. So give that a check. We should be hosting that on our Twitch channel as well. And his fourth question, short question, is if you like uh, shoot 'em ups, you should play Sky Force Reloaded. That's a comment. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> and he says uh, later, Joe. He says later, signs Joe. P.S. I did the MG thing, MGC thing on purpose. I was trying to be funny. I know, Joe. I know. <laughs> but now that uh, Glenn's not here anymore, it's MJC. JC. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll do the next one. Because I'm, I'm looking at that wall of text below this uh so, <laughs> this one's from alex uh, he says love the retro games talk uh this week guys uh could you talk about ps oh i could talk about ps1 games until the cows come home don't know about the ps2 version of tony hawk's pro skater 3 but the ps1 version definitely had a track editor I was playing Theme Hospital, holy shit, all last night. Still an amazing game. That's funny. Uh, And the straight games on PS1 were awful compared to the Mega Drive games. Yeah, they kind of were. Yeah, I was so disappointed in them. But they were still straight games, so yeah. (laughs) Uh, Speak to you soon, guys. Um, Thank you, Alex. Uh, So, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 does have a level editor a create a park editor uh i completely forgot about that i'm pretty sure it has one i think that started mm-hmm. in tony Hawk pro skater 2 and 3 had it and then 4 had it uh, i'm not too sure about one but if you believe so it, then it probably did because i never messed with the track editor so wrong person asked for the track editor stuff or the uh create a park yep and then i will take this next one which I've heard his name said before on the podcast. Don't know how to say it. I think it's Grenadier. Grenadier? Okay. <laughs> O'Neater. Grenadier. <laughs> Grenadier. Uh, uh, and he says, Is physical media for modern consoles even a viable option for continued play in years to come? I enjoyed your discussion on using physical media as a way to archive older games when their online services are inevitably discontinued. My counterpoint is this. How many games are truly playable straight from the disc without any patches? It seems as though the majority of games are put to disc incomplete and quite often defective slash unplayable. The publishers rely on day one patches and a continuing stream of updates to make to make the games playable well after initial release. How useful will the disc be 10 plus years down the road when the servers are down and the launch screen of patches updates are no longer available. My only current solution is to initially buy the game digitally, and then buy complete physical editions that include all major patches and DLC on the disc. And that way I'm not archiving a broken disc that will almost be unplayable as my lost digital version in the future. So his question is, uh, physical media even viable uh, for games in the future? I think it is. Um, I... I don't. No, I, I like his idea of getting the complete edition, waiting for that. Because, <clears throat> yeah, you'll have a better version of it right on the disc, but... You know how many times I've bought a complete edition, and it's just the regular game on disc with a... Massive uh, update? With yeah. codes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, with massive updates or just a sheet with download codes? Wow. Um, yeah, I... Honestly, I think there have only been a handful of games 
where the day one patch fixed something significantly broken. Um, otherwise, it was just, oh, we've just added um, 4K support, or we've just added this, or we've just added something. You know, I, I think the games are pretty yeah, playable. But, okay, but like five years down the road, Josh, if you have like a 6K TV, like what is this game going to look like if you don't have the right patch downloaded? Well, what's a PS1 game going to look like? But supposedly, everybody still wants them and their backward compatibility, right? <laughs> right. No, I but, I, you know, I... The other thing is the download, the the patch servers and everything, they are completely separate. Um, So when they say, like, the online for this game is going, uh, you know, is being shut down, the online servers are being shut down, you put that game in after the online servers have been shut down and you're still going to get a patch update if you've never put that game in before. Do you think that the day is ever going to come where the PS3 no longer connects to anything? I was thinking about that uh, with one of these questions. We'll actually talk about that a little later. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Let's wait. Let's hold off on that. Because um, okay. that that kind of like goes to the point of like what you're like. We we mentioned it before, like uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked about Burnout Paradise. Yeah. Of like, if you it, like me, like I've never played Burnout Paradise before. So if I go to a store and buy Burnout Paradise on disc right now and unplug my PS3 from the internet and, and put this disc in, they're like, what I'm going to be playing is way different than what Josh has on his well, PS3. The, Mostly the the UI and and the front end interface is completely different. It's insane how what a huge overhaul that was. Uh, the mm-hmm. gameplay itself is it's pretty much all there. I mean, they added in bikes, they added in another island, they added in you know they added in a ton of stuff. But what's there on the disc day one was meaty enough that you could play that mm-hmm. for weeks on end and never get bored. Um, but yeah, they did so much after the fact for that game. It was really impressive because they weren't charging for anything. For a full year, they were doing updates and and patches and all kinds of stuff and did not charge a dime for it. And then after a year, they said, okay, now we're, we want to do these... Uh, this new island and you know we want to charge like 10 bucks or whatever or 20 bucks or whatever it was for it and at that point everybody was so happy with the game and so happy with all the free content they they got that we all bought it we're all like fuck yeah i'll buy that because you you did it right you've treated us right for a year you know and sure i'm happy to put money into it now i mean what comes to mind for me though is like a game i think it was like assassin's creed unity which was like really, really rough for like the first months of launch, and that's like a quote unquote a single player campaign mm-hmm. game. And like what that game would look like if you don't have connection to the internet. Like, did they did those people ever get an updated version? Like, did their you know were they able to eventually get a patch for that? Like these fixes that they release and stuff like that for games. If you're not connected to the internet, are you just stuck? You're just stuck. Yeah. You know? If if you're yeah. not, and there are a lot of people that are not connected mm-hmm. to the internet that do not play online or you know if you have if you own assassin's creed unity like if, if you know if you have the physical copy of assassin's creed unity and you go to try to play it in 2025 and then you no longer can connect to the ps4 server like what does that game look like for you is it going to have to still have the face melting thing problem that they had and yeah well yeah well if you can't get the update i'm sure but but you know i mean i think back to i I don't want to say devs are lazy. They're not lazy. Um, but 
there is that they're held to deadlines. They're, well, they're <laughs> held to very crazy deadlines, and there is in the back of the mind, well, we can do a day one patch if we have to. Um, whereas when I was growing up with the Atari 2600 and 5200 and all these things, it's on a cartridge and there's no updates and, you know, the game is the game. And if it glitches or if there's something wrong with it, that's it's just what the game is. And you, you couldn't plug the cartridge into a Macintosh and <laughs> yeah. update it? Is that not possible? <laughs> I would say, I think, what, PS2 and Xbox might have been the first consoles to receive patches? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if PS2 got patches. PS2 got no, PS2 didn't. PS2 got downloadable digital content. Well, mm. I'm trying to think about that. It had online servers for it games. It did. It had online servers for games you could do. I don't know if they ever pushed content. No, well, you know what you could do? Like for NCAA, you could um you could download uh you could USB you could USB stuff, yeah. Or, was it? Yeah, it was USB. You're right. You could do the USB yep. and get you know put in the yep. names and things like that. Rosters and stuff. Um, like that, and yeah. if because I remember like the Wii, like every time that you bought like a, if you bought like the new Mario game or the new Zelda game, like that had the new firmware on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what they did for all the the PSP stuff, and yeah, because th- they were desperately trying to combat the piracy. So you know, all those every every other major release had a had a new firmware on it that you had to put in to actually play the yeah. game. Um, but, yeah, the, I don't know about the original Xbox, um, whether that had patches or anything. PS2 did not. Um, All right, so PS3. PS3 and 360 probably were the first patchable. Th- and then yeah. I think, because I don't think the Wii was patchable. Like, there was a, they had a problem with one thing, and I remember they had to do something for Zelda for a patch that they had to, like, you had to jump through, like, six hoops to get it in your well, game. That's Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I think the Wii U had patches. Uh, um, so. Yeah. Yeah, and then everybody complained about patches forever and yeah. how long they would take. Um, but, you know, the, the alternative was a game that broken might, game well <laughs> yeah might have a bug in it like hellblade i mean you've talked about that before where hellblade there if you yep. miss something there was it would literally completely break the game and make it unplayable to that point so mm-hmm. yeah i mean you're gonna get those every now and then but the vast majority of the game think about how many games come out every year it's insane and yeah. the vast majority vast majority of them are completely playable without a patch or an update and they're totally fine you know yeah so i mean i i I personally don't think that there's a huge benefit to physical versus digital media in the current gen that we're in right now but i see the points of i can put my disc in later and if your hard drive crashes your sl (laughs) which is all going to get into the it's all going to get into the extent of if they ever shut down the ability to download things on your ps3 and download things on your ps4 and if they do that then it could be a situation where you put the disc in and it goes hey we're not letting you play that yeah and that will yeah go ahead either way either scenario sucks yeah (laughs) well like uh on the archiving issue uh I don't know if you guys have been following uh, some of the digital... Uh, was it the Museum for Digital Art? Uh, they're currently kind of in a fight with the ESA. There's the ESA again mm. over archiving uh, online games mm. of uh, games that require an internet connection. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, in a, they're 
they want to have the ability to archive like MMOs, like have a, a private server going for some MMOs, and ESA is completely against it. And it's going to be a uh, kind of a legal battle because uh, the DMCA, the uh, I always forget the the the, base, the the media copyrights, Digital Millennium law. Copyright Act. Yeah, that uh, gets reviewed every couple years, and I think this year is the year it gets reviewed. So that's why there's a lot of talk about. Uh, what to do with online games and how to archive them for like museums and ESA is completely against it like once they shut something down they don't want anyone to mess with it so that's currently like a weird archive thing that we're gonna see play out over the next couple months possibly years just cause yeah and that's not gonna go away though <laughs> either yeah. cause these all these games De- destinies divisions battlefronts like um like for honor like I'm just trying to think of anything off the top of my head like I'm um, like almost everything now requires some kind of connection yeah this burnout paradise is going to require this new burnout paradise remastered is going to require you to connect well, to the internet i guarantee it. well that's the that's really built around multiplayer burnout paradise yeah so and that one eh, makes not sense. really well i mean you can play fine on your own but yeah. the big fun of it let's is be getting fair in let's be fair 80 yeah i mean let's be fair 80 percent of the games that are coming out nowadays are built around multiplayer oh yeah like play mm-hmm. destiny Two or Destiny One, you know, without online, you you can't, right? Like Destiny One, you, you cannot. Can. Destiny One, you, you must can play be certain missions. No, you must have an internet connection. We had this whole discussion on the podcast where my internet connection was down oh, for I'm some sorry, reason. You don't need plus for certain. You don't need yeah, plus. For it's certain. plus. Yeah, because the Destiny, the original one, it doesn't say it anywhere. It says a really small fine print on the back of the box in that big wall of text. That online connection is required. Everything's kept server on server yeah. side on Bungie.net. Yeah, but it doesn't say anywhere. Division's else. the same way. Division could be played single player, but it still requires a connection. Your, your Ubisoft account, like it's just kind of the. <laughs> there was so much hate around Xbox One when they announced DRM, and they were just like Xbox was like, but all the games are doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's why Sony didn't make a big deal about the always online because yeah. they're like, don't worry, <laughs> publishers will take care of this part. We'll blame the game developers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Just imagine, Dave, when your grandchildren are like, "Why'd they call you Destiny, Dave?" And you're like, "Let me yeah, show I'll you." I'll never be able to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> put the game in and be like, it's not doing yeah, anything. You just have to put up granddad. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and already hates loading screens when I'm playing it. Go, Dad! <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, all right, so for our Twitter questions, uh, hashtag AskPSNation. Joe Sprofera. Sp- Joe. We're going to go with Joe. Uh, <laughs> um, he's been a gamer for 30-plus years and a father for almost four years now. Two kids. Son is almost four. Daughter turned two last fall. Uh, for family men, thoughts or advice on getting your kids into gaming, first games you had them play, and any resistance from your significant other? Dead space. Right. <laughs> Dead space for both of you guys? No. Um, I put, I put ahead, Mason on the Atari. That was my plan, was to to walk him through like the Atari 2600, 5200, then up to like the NES and the Genesis, and that went out the window pretty quick. Um, because he had an iPad and he, it's not that he wouldn't play those games. He actually still wants to play the 2600 every now and then, which is fun. Um, but the bigger problem there is for kids that young, those games are fucking hard, really hard. And they were designed to be that way. 
um, because there is no big, long eight-hour story going on with these games. They're there just to play for short bursts, and they're designed to be tough. So having him play and finding a two-player game that he and I could play that wasn't a nightmare for him was tough. Um, he'd watch me play a lot of games and that's a good thing to do. You know, you get them just to watch cause they like to watch the story and stuff like that. And they just like to see what's going on. It's just like a big cartoon. Yeah. And then eventually he wanted to build like the stuff in Lego worlds. Um, he wanted to play Lego worlds. That was one of the first ones that he wanted to play. Uh, and when he played that, I'm like, well, you've played that. Now we can play any Lego game. And he was like, (laughs) because he wanted to build. So I got Minecraft and that was that. Now he's all over that and he just wants to build and code and uh, that's his thing now. So, um, my wife was kind of against it. She was iffy on it and she's like, I don't like this whole idea. I don't like him being so wrapped up in these things but when she saw what he was building and the things he was doing in minecraft and lego world she was like oh wow like he's really he's thinking and he's using his brain and he's he's actually planning things out and you know he'll look at something on youtube and then change it and build it a different way or build something completely off of that idea so she's like okay this is good this is fine um little mini architect. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, I mean, for me, that's how it's gone. I don't know about you. Um, I mean, I have, like I've said before, like I have a, a, a fully grown child now. <laughs> um, Jonathan is 18 years old. He's going to college next year. We bought him his own console. He plays a lot of 2K. He plays, um, he does some of that random like shooting games with his buddies and stuff like that. When he was younger, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, PS3 life cycles and stuff like that. He, I, I would let him, you know, kind of do his own research and things like that. And, you know, he'd always kind of struggle with like Battlefield and Call of Duty. He usually ended up picking Call of Duty because that's what his friends had. And it's just the conversations that they have at school and everything like that, like the current things or the, are the games that everybody's talking about right now and things that they're doing. Um, so it's very hard to, to battle that like if i wanted to make sure like oh you're gonna go through the whole like genres of gaming like he's probably never played on anything less than a wii um you know he likes the sports games i i still have a you know a fond a fondness for sports games um he spends a lot of time on creative player mode my daughter loves like absolutely loves the sims um she plays that on pc i was trying to get her i was like hey it's sims 4 is on sale on console i what am i gonna do with a controller exactly <laughs> she she knew what she was talking about yeah so she has we have sims 4 on you know she can get her, her own origin account and she plays on the mac and plays on the laptop and everything like that um so she's kind of really into those and um my wife never has really like pushed against it or anything like that um she's been um, I've been gaming since before she knew before she knew me, so she's not. She's that's kind of how she is. There are times where like she'll have discussions with her friends about like, oh, how do you feel about your husband spending that much time on games? And she kind of has a similar answer to a similar answer to like how my dad would answer the question when people were like, your kid spends a lot of time playing video games, and it's essentially I know where my husband is. Yeah, <laughs> he 
he's in the basement playing his game <laughs> like, yep. versus you know or she's i think she said something to one but like somebody like years ago like oh that's got to be a lot of money and she's like eh, not really she's like he's got, very fortunate for the the site that he writes for that he does get some stuff um he has some benefits from it but um she i think she said literally to somebody i, I guarantee you he spends less money on games than your husband spends on his bar trips <laughs> so, yep that's true so you know so like she's never really been against it and owen um He's got his essentially his own tablet now, like Josh is saying, like this kind of like the world that we're in right now, like the stuff that I'm sure Zoe, um, Josh's daughter, Zoe, Josh and I both have daughters with the same name. Um, that the stuff that Zoe, Josh's daughter does on a tablet probably blows Josh's mind. It's because Owen can play a bunch of, a bunch of games on the tablet, which I'm like, how are you doing? Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) I mean, my daughter's going to be what? Three this next month and she's been playing minecraft with us yeah. for fuck's sake i mean she's two and <laughs> she's been playing minecraft with us because she would watch mason do it and she wants to do whatever he's doing so she wanted her yeah. own controller so you know he had the blue one and i said is there a color you want would you want she's like i want red i was like okay red and so she's always like where's zoe's red troller Zoe needs red troller. <laughs> like now she says yeah. controller, but when she started playing, she couldn't even say controller. Um yeah. and she'd get in there and she just plays with us. I mean, she's, you know, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's moving in all directions like crazy, but she wants to be in there. So she's already yeah. that's her first game is Minecraft. I'm like, "Fuck." But okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Owen's Owen's kind of the same way when I come home sometimes. He you know, he like before dinner, he'll be like, "Game, game, game." Yeah. And then he'll want to sit next to me and stuff like that. So like I'm sure eventually it's going to there's going to be some stuff that he starts picking up. But yeah. no pushback from my wife. She's she's very supportive of it and she, you know, she she gets it, you know. She's she'll play some VR games and things like that. She, she gets into her own, her own things. Like she'll periodically open up the Vita and she's really good at like Thomas was alone. Yeah. You know, so, so no pushback from her on that. So I don't really have a great way to tell you to, to raise your kids on games. Just let them play what they want to play and what they like. Yeah. How long were you guys able to get away with like giving your youngest kid, like a disconnected controller? And oh, he still has one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've thought about that. I, I, I did that with Zoe like once or twice, but she knew immediately. Okay. And she was like, yeah, she was too smart for that. She's like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if Owen really realizes or doesn't like, he's not to the point where he needs that. Anymore. He just like, like he loves monster hunter world. Cause he loves the dinosaurs and he screams when I don't play it. <laughs> oh, wait till he sees like the unicorn blue dragon. Yeah. Uh, he was really intrigued by Moss today. Like he was watching me play Moss and, you know, like, because if I was looking around at something and I wasn't looking at Quill, he'd be like, mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, all right. So Chris Penwell, uh, what other games would you like to see get the Shadow of Colossus or the Ratchet and Clank 2018, 2016 treatments? I think we kind of talked about this. So come to. Oh, <laughs> well, that would be awesome. Um, I, the one, well, the one I always say is SSX tricky, and I'm afraid they'd fuck it up, um, and it wouldn't be as fun as it was. But the original SSX and SSX tricky were my two favorite uh, ones in that series. SSX three was cool, but it seemed to be a bit much. Um, the reboot was okay. Mm, 
nothing great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I want to see those redone. The only thing I can think back on PS one that hasn't been done or, or hasn't really been talked about much would be maybe Spyro or, and, or, although Spyro has been all over Skylanders, but, um, a proper Spyro or, uh, Jet Moto maybe if they could redo that in a cool way for for me it's spyro for sure spyro is like top of the list i want all three of them to get the crash bandicoot treatment Mm. um i still would like sony to bring back siphon filter yeah that was that was cool i don't know if you can like you'd have to do the shadow of the classes remake for that one yeah like or the ratchet and clank one i don't think you can up res or well those the originals were ps1 that's what the I'm saying. First, like, yeah. you have to re- completely rebuild those. Yeah, just because those are kind of hard to just like pretty up or give even the Crash Bandicoot treatment, just because the, the mechanics on it have aged significantly. Yeah. Nightmare Creatures still <laughs> one of my favorite games. I mention that every damn week. Fucking love Nightmare Creatures and a Bug's Life. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't really hold any any game like in super nostalgia to myself. Um, I'm one of those people that I try to go back sometimes and play older games and stuff like that, and I just don't have very much success with them. Like I played the the Ratchet and Clank you know version, uh, the 2016 version, um, because I never played the first one. Um, I will eventually get Shadow of the Colossus because I had it on PS3, but I never took the time to play it. So, um, but I can't really speak to, like, during that time, I was really heavily, like, into sports games. I mean, I guess if you really pushed me, I would love to see somebody, like, do the Shadow, do to Uncharted 1 what they did to Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. Yeah, that might be cool. You know, like, like an update to that. You know, just, yeah. And like, the, uh, the, tune some of the shooting, tune some of the mechanics a little bit better. and you know, We'll do like it with the Uncharted 4 make, engine, basically. Yeah. 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 Just make it feel a little cleaner and, you know, like, you know, you know, fine tune it and stuff like that. Like if you really had to ask or like even like infamous. Yeah. Like infamous. one. Yeah. The original infamous much as I loved it was, it was a little wonky here and there. Yeah. Um, heavenly sword. Oh fuck. Yeah. I love (laughs) that fucking game. I do too. Like that, that would, I would love for heavenly sword to get like this, to bring it to PS4, you don't have to pretty it up too much. That game still was gorgeous. <laughs> and fuck all of you. I like Lair's. Lair. I, yeah, I've never even played it. I can't speak to it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I'm just like, saying that out to the internet in general. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you're going to go Lair, I'm going to go Haze. Haze? You know no. what? Haze, the first half of Haze is actually interesting, and then it just kind of yeah, the, falls off a cliff. Haze... It had an interesting gimmick, and it looked really good. Um, I think the biggest problem was was with the marketing. <clears throat> and, of course, that it was a shooter, futuristic, sci-fi-type shooter, so everybody immediately dubbed it the Halo Killer in the media, which assured its doom, you know? Um, which it was never going to be anything like that, but... It had a corn song, guys. It did. Like, corn made a song for um, <laughs> I think, though, the problem was they had built it all up in the previews and in the write-ups and in the, in the trailers and everything to be this specific thing. And then when you got into the game, 
they took that away from you in the first five minutes and you didn't have any of it f- throughout the game. And it was like, well, what the fuck was the point of all that? <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was such a, such a bait and switch almost that it, yeah. Yeah. I played it. I, I don't remember if I finished it. I played a ton of it um, because I just wanted to see where that story went and everything. But yeah, the only other game I almost forgot Ico on PS2. That oh, yeah, that I almost feel like it should happen no matter it what. It absolutely should. <laughs> like, yeah, after Shadow of the Colossus happened. Yeah. Because that's an amazing game. It's so good. And I have completed that on the PS2. And I love that game. So, yeah. All right, moving on. Um, Arctic Soldier... Uh, when they eventually drop the support for the PS3, do you guys think they're going to drop all kinds of support or will maybe like the trophies still work? Um, trophies are, trophies are built into the yeah, software. That's part of the, that's part of the PS3's firmware. So they're, will they sync if PSN that's, gets taken Yeah, that's PS3? a different story, whether they're going to sync or not, but you'll still get them on your PS3. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that. The the bigger question, because we've never had this before, this is a brand new thing in video gaming that we have, well... I'm, Xbox Live original for Xbox One shut down. Yeah. I was going to say, you could go back to, like, the original Xbox One, you could go back to old servers and things like that, but for... Dreamcast? For... Yeah, that's true. Um <laughs> But for something like the PS3 that has a store and that has, you know, all these connections, especially with PlayStation Plus and being able to play those games, you need PlayStation Plus active and it needs to be able to verify that and verify your licenses for the download games to work. It's another thing. All those games you downloaded, some of them, you know, depending on whether your PS3 was... um, was what's it called? I can't think of the word. Um, major primary PS3 or whatever, you know, one of those dealies. Uh, you can't five games or uh, five systems at first. And then they got grandfathered two. Yeah. <laughs> they dropped everything down yeah. to two. Um, but yeah, like PS4, I ran into this the other day where I was trying to play something on the PS4 in the living room and it wouldn't play because I couldn't connect to the internet and it couldn't verify my licenses Um, because I had to make the PS4 in the kids' room the primary so that they could play whatever they wanted. Um, Which I learned you can't do if PSN's down. Yeah. A couple weeks ago where it's like, oh shit, PSN's down. I can't do any of this. Yeah. It's pretty fucked up. So... Um, that's a good question. It's really, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because, you know, they could shut down the store yet still keep all the network services running behind the scenes. So that's what I think will happen. Yeah. I, I can see a partial shutdown. I can see it going that way where the store itself gets shut down. Now you ask, well, how can you get your games? Well, in the PS3 menu, you can go to your account you know, your account management area and you have all your licenses. You have a download list right there without having to go into the store. Plus you can go to your PC and say, download to my PS3s. So there's a couple ways you can do it if they shut the store itself down. 
Um, but I could see them doing that and keeping the network services running for the PS3 for updates and for trophy sync and for saves and PS Plus. But 10 years from now, are they just going to drop it all, shut it all down, and all that money is spent <laughs> on those digital uh, games realistically, is then gone? How how many hamsters in a wheel do you think it would take to keep like trophies to sink? It's probably not that much, right? Like Probably not that much, of- but they'll get to a point where they're going to say, look, yeah, we can keep the trophy sink running, but two people sink their trophies in the last 18 months. So it's not worth it to keep it running. True. Just like with the PS Plus yeah. stuff, they probably saw how many people are downloading. We're yep. like, yeah. And when it gets shut down, everybody is going to have a shit fit. And when Sony decides to shut all that down, there will be hard, they won't tell us, but there will be hard numbers behind that decision, which makes financial sense and which makes business sense. And it's probably one of those things where, well, you know, there's maybe a dozen people a month out of the 85 million PS3s out there. There's about a dozen people a month that are still playing it. Do we keep this running for them? <laughs> What's the point? They, they, they re- they release those numbers, and then the internet then hits them back with, check now, motherfucker. <laughs> and then Sony's just like, damn it, you got us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it, it gets into that same type of thing. Like, everybody wants backward compatibility. Everybody screams about backward compatibility. Why don't we, I want to play my PS2 games. Why don't we have my PS2 and my PS1 games? They can put PS1. It should be simple on the PS4. Yeah, it could be. But are you really going to play them? I mean, I have a PS2 hooked up. I have a PS3 hooked up. I hardly play the PS3. And that freaked me out how quickly I went to the PS4 and stopped playing the PS3. I was like, holy shit. I still have a lot of games on the PS3 that I never played. But it's just a matter of you get into the new hotness and the graphics look so good that it's hard to go back. And your friends move on. Yeah, all your friends are playing games on other systems and... You start playing something and you realize how rough it yeah. is. Control-wise. And, and you're like, I can't. I don't want to play this. This isn't yeah. fun. Yeah. It's it's a very different thing. It's 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 hard. And, and there's that, there's that. well, I want it available to me, you know? And that's how I am. I, want, I just want it at my fingertips so that if I want to play it, I can play it. Will I ever play it? Probably not. that's the same thing with everybody else out there. Will you probably play it? Vast majority of people, probably not, but you'll complain about it. If they take it away, you know, you will. It's like to Sony. Let me, let me get an external hard drive support on PS3 so I can download all my shit. I wish they would do that. Oh, I so wish they would do that because one, 1. 1.5 terabytes just doesn't cut it. I have way more than 1.5 terabytes of games to download on the PS3. And they, and they don't even let you, it's not even a situation where you could Shit. be crazy if you wanted to be and put a hard drive in, download a bunch of games, take the hard drive out, put another yeah. one in. Yeah. yeah. And because as soon as you put a new one, as soon as you put that old one back in, it just auto reformats, yeah. right? Well, I did that yeah. with the PS2. Yeah. You could do that with the PS2 if you have a yeah. HD loader. <laughs> so even if they did that though, to appease, to appease somebody like, like the Josh's of the world, like if you let him have four hard drives that are 1.5 terabytes each, and let him have, you know, 
A through H games oh, on yeah. one drive, and you know. But yeah. I would never do that. I, I would do that. I would absolutely do that to save to save yourself. Yeah, I would do that, but yeah. I would never use it. But yeah. you would never take the time to like that. That hard drive would have to be like a pop in pop out yeah. scenario. Because you know? right now I have a I have my I have a slim PS2 in the basement, which I've used maybe twice, um, and I have a fat PS2 upstairs in the bedroom with a hard drive and HD loader, and I have like two or three hard drives for it filled with my games. So that I don't have to, you know, get all the game. I can put all the games away and not worry about it. Um, but I never swap that hard drive. <laughs> I never. I just never bother with it. It's we we talked about this before with oh like my gosh. DRM and stuff like that. Where I wish, like, and I if excuse me, if physical media is going to remain a thing, I wish there was a way. That with a license system like in PS5 to where if I bought a disc, like I could put the disc in and I only had to re-put the disc in like once every like 20 days. Well, and that's what Microsoft tried to do and everybody had yeah. a shit. <laughs> I, would be okay, I would be okay with it though. Like not every single time, yeah. you know, but like, hey, it's been, you know, like your license is worth like 21 days or something yeah. like that. And then you re-up your license by putting the disc in. Yeah. And then you're di- it's good for another like 21 days, kind of like when you sign into like a secure yeah. account, like on your computer. Like sometimes you're only in there for 10 days, you know, and then you have to put the password yeah. in again. Well, that is literally what Microsoft's downfall was: is that they said that, mm-hmm. but they also said it will check oh, your licenses. Pre- every the way that they presented hours. it was yeah. terrible. Yeah, they presented yeah. it really, really bad. Yeah, um, and then when your C when your CEO goes, what about all the people that are in the military and overseas? Well, we have a system for you. It's called the Xbox 360. Yeah. Like you just sound like an <laughs> yeah. idiot. That really was <laughs> That's not him good. handing in his recognition. Going to Zanga. So I'm just Stop saying, like, it. there's ways that you can handle it. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, and that's the thing. At this point, that's essentially what people are doing with their if they have two PS4s or three PS4s or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. If they have two PS4s, you're already doing that with all your digital games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just people are getting used to it. And, you know, by any other name, all, all Sony has to say is, you know what you do on your PS4 now? You can do that on your PS5. And now you can do it with discs, too. And everybody will go, yeah! Mm-hmm. And scream and yell like it's the best thing they've ever heard and say, yeah, Xbox tried that and everybody shit on them. <laughs> But yeah, it's the same type of thing. Because they didn't gradually do it; they went from nothing to this is how yeah. it's going to be. Well, know? yeah, <laughs> and they said this is how it's going to be, and you're going to love it. And everybody was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> Which, but if you looked at what they were trying to do, it was impressive oh, yeah. that you put your disc in yeah. once, and that's it. You don't have to put that disc in ever again. It's just there on your hard drive, and it's done. And that's awesome. It was a good idea. It was just poorly implemented and poorly explained. Which, I mean, you could say that about the Wii U. You could say that about a lot of things. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks again to everybody. We've got tons of questions. We even have some more that we push to next week. So, you know, like some of them aren't time sensitive. So, you know, we're just definitely having some fun with it. We hope that you guys like it based on some of the, the more questions we keep getting. We think that you do like it. <laughs> so. Or you're just appeasing us personally. Which is fine. Uh, Lie to me. <laughs> so um, next week, I don't I don't know what the status of some stuff is. There's some things that we have up in the air. There are some pretty uh, big releases coming out. Um, 
So we're trying to, you know, figure out some things like that about what we're going to be talking about. Um, I know Josh has got a couple games that he might be ready to review. Um, MJC should be be, able to talk uh, a little bit more about Akusa. No, no, I'll be under embargo. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but you know, we've got some more stuff going on. Um, Should have some more. There'll be a little bit more stuff hitting YouTube with Far Cry Five. Some of the arcade mode. So look for that. There should be a post on the website about the arcade mode. Um, I just got some more stuff for that, so I think you guys will. That'll be pretty cool if you play that th- that before. Um, we're twenty five days from MLB coming out. Twenty five days from Far Cry coming out. Six weeks from God of War oh coming gosh. out. We've got tons of <laughs> tons of stuff in the pipeline coming up, guys. So um, appreciate everyone taking the time to to listen again and. Got some other cool stuff in the works that we're trying to work some kinks out of that we'll be hopefully announcing soon. So appreciate it. Have a great night, day, whatever time it is for you. See you next week. <laughs> that should be Dave's new sign off. Have a great night, day, whatever it is, whatever time it is for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll write it down better. <laughs> Later. Bye. Just patch it out. 